Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer, we are sometimes known as the officio Realm and Ruin. Anum, 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 I'm your host, Matt, and joining me as always, a guy so flexible, he's 97% green stuff, it's Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I'm really How flexible do, for the first hour to hour 35 minutes, and then it just... <laughs> It's it's rock solid and I can't do a thing with it anymore. That's, that's actually very. That explains apt. a lot. That's really apt. Actually, <laughs> yeah. that's me. I get up and like you know everything breaks and then I'm all loose and then by about mid mid morning to lunch, I can't do a single thing with this body. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's the thing when I when you're going oh ah yeah, and doing yeah. your stretching before the the show and I'm thinking God Ooh, you're still in your twenties so. yeah that's what I get for bad posture and holding my violin poorly for 20 years <laughs> wow obviously a willing sacrifice <laughs> oh yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> oh but here we are back again with a normal episode because obviously our last episode was our anniversary show if mm. you've not checked it out go check it out we did a sort of two well two and a half hour session yeah. of wrath and glory with uh, Cameron being the GM and me being the player guinea pig for the first time. <laughs> uh, it went really well. We've had some really good bits of feedback. People mm. really enjoyed it. It was yeah. it was fun, you know. So, yeah, if you like I said, if you've not checked it out, go check it out. It's uh, it was a good laugh. Mm-hmm. So, right, yeah, what are we doing? Episode 23. Uh right, so we'll get back into our hobby stuff, what we've been doing in the last sort of month or so, what we've been buying, painting, building, etc. Uh, then we're going to get into the news section. Uh, we've got a lot of news <laughs> to catch up on in the last month because of that anniversary episode. Mm. So we will, you know, go through the vast majority of it, but, but we, we'll probably miss out the, the smaller bits. Yeah. Um, and then for the main law topic we are going to talk about the gloom spite gits but we're going to do a like a shorter version yeah. of the yeah uh, we're not going to cover the oh, whole battle no, time no. we'll just do a little no. bit of their law <laughs> we're, we're learning from that mistake <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do a, a little bit of the law uh as in like their the them in general and then we're going to talk about you know specifically the law of the new units or the updated units as part of the mm. the recent ish release yeah so like i said it's a smaller version you could say it's a gloom spite size yeah. gets version yeah. get sized for yeah. your convenience yeah <laughs> and ours as well oh yeah yeah um yeah. and because um, <laughs> and because of that and uh, and like i said because the vast majority of the news we won't have a discussion topic on this episode mm-hmm. just purely because of time but we will have one next episode yeah. okay yeah right uh we'll just do a quick little bit of admin stuff before we start the hobby stuff uh like i said if you'd like us and like this show and like this episode and all the things we've done prior if you're willing to go to itunes give us five star review it's all greatly appreciated uh, if you want to support the show you can also go to our coffee page uh, link will be down in the description it's a way of supporting us uh, but again not compulsory no. it's purely optional uh social media wise twitter is our main gaff uh so if you go to twitter.com at realm and ruin uh you can find us on there there's also facebook as well facebook.com slash realm and ruin you've got our wonderful fantastic glorious discord server <laughs> that you're all welcome to join uh it's free mm. no, yeah <laughs> no free. doorman at all and it comes with uh, <laughs> comes with exclusive rights to our pester any special guests with questions exactly which we'll talk about in a second and so yeah so if you want to join our discord server like i said the link will be down in the description as well Mm. and as cameron 
hinted out there. We uh, Today is, what, the ooh, 3rd of March, and mm-hmm. yesterday, on the Saturday, we did have a special guest for a special recording. So that's coming out later this month. Um, oh, do you know what? I'll say it now. Yeah. We uh, were lucky enough to speak to Black Library author Robbie McNiven, famous for his, Cal- you know, the Carcaradon novels and mm-hmm. Blood of Ajax and The Last Hunt. So, uh, yeah, we we spoke to him, interviewed him or so for an hour yesterday. And that, like I said, that episode will be out probably at the end of the month um, as part of the schedule. And that was really good fun. Oh, yeah. Robbie is a author and a gentleman <laughs> and a scholar obviously as yes, well but yeah. no he's he's a great bloke so uh like i said that will be something really exciting so like i said you know we did say we were going to have black library authors on here mm. we are delivering on those promises it is the beginning <laughs> exactly many more to come as well mm. he's not he is not going to be the the uh, the one and only the one and only uh, so yeah look out for that as well <laughs> and if you missed it last, if you haven't, again, if you've not checked out last episode, the anniversary one, we did reveal our competition winner as mm-hmm. well, uh, which was uh, Dr. Robotnik83 from our Discord server. Again, if you want to hear his very wonderful answer, <laughs> then check out the last episode. So, and he's messaged me. Uh, he's greatly appreciated his prize and received it. And, uh, you know, well done mm-hmm. to him again. Yeah. So, all done. Uh, right. Okay. Let's get into all the hobby stuff we've been doing. Cameron, what have you been doing for the last month or so, mate? Okay. So last proper episode, episode 22, I said I hadn't done a lot of hobby for that episode, but it's fine because I would have done a lot more for the next one a month later. <laughs> and by God, <laughs> by God, uh, I wrote another list uh, and I'm going wow. to tentatively title this whole episode of the podcast. I'm going out on a limb here. It's going to be called Distracted by Dreadnoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you want that to be the title. Because we'll, we'll, that's what's we'll been going on. Um, <laughs> tell, tell all, Cameron. Okay, so the top of the list. Uh, you will all, I'm sure, remember how at some point last year I got a second-hand Leviathan Dreadnought off of eBay. Uh, and I'd been slowly picking away at it. I'd gotten it posed pretty well. I was pretty happy with how it was looking overall. I did a bunch more detailing. I drilled a whole bunch of battle damage and stuff into it and everything. Uh, and I got some magnets and I magnetized its arms. Uh, and so now the main body of it is all stuck together and in the process of being painted. It's like 30% done. Like I've got all the base colors down and now I've got to do, God, so much detail work. There is a ridiculous <laughs> amount. Half the, half the problem is getting, I need like a brush with a 90 degree turn in it just before the bristles come out so i can like get it under bits of carapace armor and stuff like that i i i know exactly where you're coming from we should be we should put it on kickstarter yeah yeah um but i'm really really happy with uh how it came out i i magnetized the arms like i said and i've got it to the point where i can switch them in, in and out pretty steadily onto either arm without any issues with them falling off which thank god for that um for the melee weapon arms, I've gotten some old plastic chain from, like, an old Mega Bloks toy set or something wrapped around, so it looks like it's been <laughs> chained up. Uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. I'm having fun playing with that big dreadnought. That's one of three. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That's only a third. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but on New Year's Eve, I had a little bit to drink, and I went on eBay, and I bought a second-hand Derodeo dreadnought. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've gotten that together. 
uh, and I have begun death guarding it up. Uh, I've decided I don't want to splurge on weapon arms for it because I really want to do something my own with it. Uh, and so I've built out the arm joints with plastic art tubing and bits from the Chaos Vehicle Sprue. If you're playing Chaos Space Marines of any flavor, get that, get a, get a kit with that sprue because that sprue is so <laughs> useful. There's so many bits. Um, uh, I've also like working on like the carapace options because it can take the Hellfire Veil, which gives everything around it a five plus invuln. Or it can take mm-hmm. a Greater Havoc Launcher, which is just a beefed-up Havoc Launcher that can shoot at things it can't see. Both are really cool. Uh, and so I've been building up those. So they're magnetized, so they can switch out from the top. Um, the Hellfire Veil is pretty cool. It's just a Blight King shield with some Chaos Vehicle sprue bits and some spare Plague Bearer body bits as, like, a mash together big icon of Nurgle. I think it's also got... Yeah, it's also got a bit from one of the Blackstone Fortress Rogue Psychers. Uh, oh, nice, yeah. As a Chaos Star. I didn't clip it off the actual model. That's a spare part. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> not des- oh, I was going to say I've not, des- I've not... I was going to say I've not desecrated any Blackstone Fortress models. I've done a bit of that this month, actually. Um, so we'll get to that. <laughs> um, the, the Greater Havoc launcher, I had a lot of fun with. Uh, again, using bits from the Rhino uh, kit, I took a couple of the searchlight options or the, uh, the, the headlight options and glued them together to form like a little wedge as the middle part. And then I took the spare missile facings from the night kit carapace missile weapon. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I got a bunch of plastic art and a bunch of blue tack (laughs) and I made (laughs) myself a big sort of, uh, hell brute style looking missile launcher that sits on top and I felt it needed something extra, so I cobbled together another plague bearer to sit on top in between the two missile racks. Like he's taking it, <laughs> you know, he's taking he's taking a weight off his feet for once, getting to ride the dreadnought. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> it, it turned out way better than I thought. Uh, the arm ended up an angle where it's just kind of hanging over one <clears> side <throat> of the missile launcher, and the other arm, he's got his sword up in the air like he's just waving. He's the team mascot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all need one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm really happy with how that looks. Um, and I have just the last couple of days. I've not put any pictures up. Started working on how I'm going to do the weapons. And um, at the moment, my plan is I've built out the arms like basic skeleton with some plastic card tubing. I'm going to put magnets on there and switch out the front of the barrel. Like there's a bit of barrel already standing out. I'll put a magnet part of the way up. And then be able to switch out different barrel types from there. So I've got like lots of little barrels for a butcher cannon. I've got a big barrel for the Malignatus Saka, which is like a beefed up las cannon. And I've got the biggest barrel with a cutout section that I'll put some detail in for the uh, Ectoplasma Watsits. Uh, the Watsits. I'm sure is the official <laughs> title. Yeah, that's it. That's what they're called. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, life's not all about secondhand Forge World Dreadnoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a statement, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes it's about first-hand <laughs> Forge World Treadmots. Um, Is that the opening line of your memoirs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Listen, so, kids. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was my birthday back on the 10th of February. Happy birthday to me, I'm 25, Ooh, I'm quarter of a century. Uh, may I live long enough to see the Emperor rise. Um <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but um, as, <laughs> as part of that, uh, my grandparents have been very busy. They didn't get me an actual gift. They just gave me some money. I went, that's great. I want a contemptor. Yeah, <laughs> um, that works. Yeah, that, that works. works for me, grandparents. Yeah. Uh, so I got the official Horus Heresy Death Guard contemptor off of Forge World. First hand, I didn't hey. control eBay for months and months and months to find one that I was pretty sure wasn't a recast. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and it is it is a great kit, honestly. Like, uh, mm. again, I've put it together. It's just the legs, body, and shoulders. It doesn't come with weapons or anything like that. But hey, that's fine. I can I can work out an installment plan, <laughs> plan out getting a couple of arms a month. See how that works. Um, <laughs> uh, that kit is super poseable. I thought there was a mistake, and they gave me two extra feet. But no, it comes with four feet, uh, two flat, and two in like bent walking poses. Mm-hmm. So you can. Nice. It is. It is like a super poseable kit. Um, something I've tried to do. I did. I definitely did it with the Leviathan. The Leviathan is modeled like it's striding forwards very quickly. Uh, the Derradeo has a rule to stand still and get bonuses to hit. So it's like standing still, leg up on a rock. Um, yep. But the big thing with Death Guard Dreads is they get inexorable advance, so they can move and shoot heavy weapons with no penalty. So I want all of them <laughs> to have something that reflects that a little bit. And so this Contemptor is just sort of confidently striding forward i would say is the pose um (laughs) uh it's it's a beautiful little kit to work with um and i'm really looking forward to getting all the bits for that and magnetizing it up as well with a million different lovely uh so that's all the dreadnoughts oh wait no um because because chaos leviathan dreadnoughts can't take the the little phosphex missile launcher i've taken that i've taken bits from harkin world claimers trophy racks put spikes all over it and that's going to magnetize on top of the contemptor as a havoc launcher <laughs> which they can take and if i don't want to give it a havoc launcher i'll take it off and i'll just put a trophy rack also made from harkin world claimers trophy racks up there to sort of cover <laughs> where the magnet is so it, it's going to be a little it's not going to be just the straight forge world version it's going to have it's going to have a cameron touch somewhere um i'm just thinking that we should almost rename this section i think going forward it should be like cameron's chaotic workshop Mm. sponsored by fabius bile or something occasionally bat shows up and says well i bought some more intercessors (laughs) (laughs) that's so true yeah Yeah. Yeah. i took them out of the box Um, yeah, uh, that, that's not, uh, that's not all my giant vehicle, uh, talk though. I'm not done. <laughs> right. Okay. So we've gone from dreadnoughts. We're scaling up here. I've still got that knight. Right. It's sitting in a box under my desk in pieces. It's slowly being worked on. The knight is still in progress. Um, <laughs> I had initially decided a good carapace weapon solution was to take the missile launcher off a mythetic blight hauler and stick it as one of the, where, where the shield or the melter gun would normally go on a knight. Yep. But yeah, it's a little, little, it does, it's not as impressive. And for people who've been following the knight project over the last, God, like eight months <laughs> that it's been ongoing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the big point of this is it's a big knight, big Nurgly knight, great. Uh, it's got a feculent Nalmor on top, sort of like spreading throughout it. And I, I looked at it, it as like, yep. I've used the branches on other bits of the knight to have, show like roots growing out with bells attached and stuff. So it's got the points where the branches should attach. I've got these magnets. I wonder if they just fit in the hole where the branch is meant to... Oh, they fit perfectly in the hole where the branch is meant to attach. Um, so now I've done that. That's done. I've done this terrible thing. Um, the carapace weapons are instead going to magnetize sideways onto the feculent Narmor and look like they've been hastily strapped on by cultists. <laughs> wow. uh, okay. And yeah. I'm going to do my best to have like a little plague monk cultist hanging off each one so it at least looks like someone could feasibly fire the autocannon or the missile launcher. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, no. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's my very small amount. Of progress on the night. Again, it grinds away slowly, but surely we'll get there. Yeah. 
Um, Getting ready for the yeah. 41st millennium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and at the start of the year, everyone in, well, not everyone, but a significant number of people in our Discord set themselves some hobby goals. Uh, and mm-hmm. I accidentally started the trend of setting them for quarters of the year instead of for the year as a whole. Um, <laughs> yep. And uh, one of my Q1 goals has been accomplished. Yay! Yay! Uh, I picked up a box. Yeah, I picked up a box of regular Plague Marines also on my birthday. Um, and uh, with that, and with sort of a final push, and also just not caring enough to embiggen the last few Mark III Marines, uh, I got through and I've built 20 Melee Plague Marines. They're, they they need a few <laughs> final details. Some of them need to be like permanently have the torso stuck to their legs and stuff like that, but they're built. They have nice. their they have their various weapon options on and everything like that. Like they're kitted out, they're ready to go. <laughs> sort of a, a little love, they'll be ready to go for paint, which might be next quarter's goal. We'll see if I can do that <laughs> yeah, myself. Yeah, um, sensible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was a lot of fun uh, building all these, and I will do my best to get a big photo of them all together. Probably, I'll probably be like Friday this week because there is one in a Ooh. cabinet at the local games workshop. Um, <laughs> oh, slips that in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Hey, look. Yeah. Everyone's got something in the cabinet. That game's workshop. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was. It was yeah. the comparison between your most recent and your earliest miniature that you could find. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so I'll have to get him out of the cabinet for the the family photo, as it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's that distant cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it it was a really fun project. Uh, for anyone wanting to do anything similar or just wanting to do Death Guard in general. Pick up a box of Putrid Blight Kings. You will never regret it. It is the best <laughs> Nurgle kit, hands down. Um, so useful. Um, and yeah, I, I really, really like the, the last few that came out. Like, I like all of them, obviously, but I feel like once I got that Plague Marine box and I was like, cool, this is like the last 12 of them. This is like the last, <laughs> the last 12 guys I've got to power through. And I've just got to, I've just got to do whatever I can to give them roughly equivalent weapon options. Um, <laughs> and they look great. Um, I, there's like a cut, uh, my favorites are probably two of the dual plague knives ones, or the ones that'll be removed as casualties first. Um, <laughs> but I, I've got one where he's just got a regular plague knife, and then his other arm is like the two spawn insect legs, uh, coming out from the Blight King's kit, which is awesome. And, um, the other one has two, two plague knives again, but one is a, an actual plague knife and one is sort of this long rusted bit of metal that looks roughly like a sword from the Black King's kit. And that he's counts. Just, yeah. yeah. And he's just, <laughs> he's just walking forward, but he's got a really cool pose where he's holding them both down low to the ground fairly. So it looks like he's sort of sweeping forwards before he gets right into the fight and stuff. So it's pretty good. Uh, and then the last five were, well, the last four in particular, were Mark III ones with the Force World Upgrade torsos. And for oh, those... Amazing. For those, I really beat up the shields because um, I gave them a shield in one hand and a Plague Knife equivalent in the other. Uh, mm-hmm. And those are going to be the first casualties removed, and that's why in narrative their shields are so busted because they have to keep putting <laughs> them back together after they get shot. Um, <laughs> nice, I like it. Yeah, um, it was a ton of fun. Um, now... Into defiling Blackstone Fortress miniatures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I put together That's my a sentence. Yeah, I put together my Obsidious <laughs> Malex. Uh something a lot of people have done with that lad is they have completely removed his head and given him one that sits a bit higher. Because although he's mm-hmm. got a very yep. tall head because he's got a big Abaddon style top knot, his head itself is actually really sunken. It looks like he's 
got like a negative neck. Like there's no neck at all in there. Um, <laughs> negative. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's another episode title. Yeah, yeah. Negative <laughs> neck and distracting dreadnoughts. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I actually had a spark of an idea, which I think I put up on Twitter when I showed him off, which is I want to do a Black Legion detachment because as we get on to in the news, there's lots of very cool generic Chaos Space Marine stuff coming in the near future. I want to do a there generic, is, yeah. I want to do a Black Legion detachment, but I want them visually to be Death Watch style. And by that, yeah. I mean they have their right shoulder pad with the sigil and the colors of their original Legion or chapter of their Traitor Marines. Yeah, uh, I like it. Love it. Yeah. And then obviously their left pauldron will have the Eye of Horus and the Mark of the Legion and everything. And they'll be in the full black and gold armor. Uh, and so that got me thinking, well, that means I can also take all these bits I have for Death Guard and stuff like that and put them on some of them and say, you know, maybe these guys were former Death Guards or maybe this <laughs> squad with the mark of Nurgle. They're not full Plague Marines, but they're there uh, in in terms of that. Uh, and it's really <laughs> inspired me in terms of, like, visuals and things like that. Um, and so I put a head on Obsidious Malix that was from the, the little blister pack Plague Marine champion. It's his helmeted mm-hmm. head. Because I really like that one because it's a very smooth helmet with just a big, like, sensor ball instead of where a vision slit should be, which is pretty rad. Um, so, yeah, so he's together. That's the only thing I did to him is switch his head out. I need to do some gap filling and some cleaning up and stuff like that. Then he'll be ready for paint. Um, Lovely. Yep. Now, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this back when I got Harkin Worldclaimer because I did it very quickly. For Harkin Worldclaimer, I switched his helmet out for one of the Blackstone Fortress Marines helmets Mm -hmm. because it looked really weird to me that the top of his head was exposed like that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Especially when he's like doing orbital drops with a jump pack and everything. Um, And so that was his slight switch. And I think I'll give him like a Night Lord's shoulder pad when I get round to it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know. Lightning Talon Spear. He's a very Night Lordy looking character anyway. Um, <laughs> he certainly is, yeah. And then I took his head and I put it on a regular Blackstone Fortress Marine because it's got this like great mouth with all these cables going to it. That's it's the mouth is sort of like a speaker grill. And I looked at that as like, I got to test this paint scheme. And this guy looks like he could have been from the Emperor's Children because he's got the big like speakerphone mouth basically <laughs> and so yeah so i've done it i've sprayed in black i did um the gold trim which is just retributor armor i'm pretty sure with a two thin coats obviously press duncan um with a null mm-hmm. oil wash and looks good looks warm and dark which i really like actually um and then i did his shoulder pad which is the same gold trim because empress children work gold trim um and i've done like a mid purple for that pad uh, I'm going to do the bolters in red, and for the actual black armor, I'm going to do it with just a little bit of um, Incubi Darkness to give it a bit of a green tint, but mostly it'll be yeah. bl- it'll be Abaddon Black, a little bit of Incubi Darkness over it, and then a Null Oil Wash to really bring it down and keep it simple. And I have a feeling that's going to be a really good scheme, and it's going to be very fun to do, because it's very different to most of the other painting I've done since I got back into the hobby, because it's mostly been Death yeah. Guard with washes or Night Haunt with washes or um, Slanesh with mostly washes. So doing models where I actually have to paint the full damn thing um, is going to be fun and interesting, I feel. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? I, 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 I played a game. I, I played myself uh, a game of Kill Team on my birthday uh, with my partner, Aaron. <laughs> Uh, yes, she, cru- she did. Yeah, she she crushed me <laughs> beneath her boot. Um, <laughs> I'm not, did she? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, because uh, 
you know, she was she she was interested. She wanted to try the game and see if she could figure out how it played. And so I went, cool, we'll make things simple for you. You play the Death Guard team. I'll play the Imperial Guard team. Um, <laughs> my casualties were every single model I had on the board. Her casualties were a single pox walker. <laughs> and it was not for lack of trying. It was not for lack of trying. Um, she did not just annihilate me. She also completely defeated me on points, which was really impressive. Um, it, it ended oh. up like, I think the final score after four turns was she had 18 points and I had three. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get on I was like, I, I was doing my best. I just, I wasn't rolling well. And uh, Death Guard are real, real, real tough in Kill Team. Like, yeah, they are. Ridiculously, ridiculously tough. Um, yeah. But she had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. And uh, she's actually going to try get into it with a Harlequin's Kill Team. Uh, she decided after I got the Kill Team manual and we had a look over it. So I got her some Harlequins because her birthday was also recently. And we'll <laughs> probably be doing something with those this week. So, and Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good bit of bonding. Days. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Um, until she keeps beating me with Harlequins. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, the, and then the things get a bit, uh, yeah, funny between yeah. each other. <laughs> well, no, no. She, she's lovely. To prove, to prove how lovely she is, her birthday gift to me was four very old models, which I was massively oh, appreciative yes. of. Uh, she got me off eBay, got me the Chaos Familiar from 83 or 85, I think. Um, it's, it's the, it's like the jester looking little goblin thing and it's carrying a stick with a little jester puppet on top of the stick. Um, I'm sure people who've seen it will know the one I'm talking about. Uh, she got me a skeleton standard bearer and a skeleton musician. Both look really cool. Uh, and a zombie standard bearer who I really love because he just looks like a butcher, but he's carrying a big pike that you're meant to hang a flag off, obviously. (laughs) But, you know, like he's got a, he's got a smock and an apron on and he's got a big cleaver on one hip. And then his head, he just looks very sad and slightly bored. <laughs> and he's got he's got great hair because he's got the really long raggedy hair, but he's bold all around the top. Um, they're, they're really <laughs> lovely models. I adore them, and I'll, I'll paint them sometime soon. They'll probably end up being used more for D anD D than actual Age Age of Sigma or anything. But really awesome models. Yeah. I love I love lovely. stuff like that. Um, and. She got even sweeter and for Valentine's Day got me Ashes of Prospero by Gav Thorpe, which I've not oh, read cool. yet, but I'll get around to reading it. Um, <laughs> looking, looking forward to it. Um, now, something I forgot to mention earlier. Earlier on, I said I magnetized a whole bunch of things. Uh, this is due yes. to an amazing, a wonderful, a beautiful product I found out about called Steel Infused Rubber, which is okay. Really awesome. It's, it's like a rubber sheet, a couple of millimeters thick, but it's fully magnetic and still f- very flexible. Uh, and the one I got comes with an adhesive backing as well. So you can like peel off some paper and it will stick to things. Uh, I still okay. used super glue on it, obviously, just to be sure. Uh, but the, the biggest advantage of it is like, if you want to magnetize things, not worry about polarities, usually put the magnet in like the shoulder rather than in the arm and then put like a bit of metal on the bits you want to swap out. But yep, that can yep. be a little difficult to clip. It can be a little difficult to fit perfectly. This is super soft. You can just cut it with a pair of scissors. Uh, and okay. that's what I did. Like, uh, I, for the Leviathan, I hollowed out the little stubs where the shoulders were meant to attach into the arms joints, put the magnet in there. And then, um, where, where that stub would normally go, I just put in a little bit of this magnetized rubber. <laughs> and, um, well, it's not actually magnetized is the good thing. It doesn't have a polarity 
so you don't have to remember which way round to put it or anything like that. Oh, that's handy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a it's just a bit of metal disguised as rubber. <laughs> so sticks the thing. <laughs> it is it is a ton of fun to play with as well. I have endless amusement holding just a sheet of like floppy rubber and watching magnets stick straight up off it and things like that. Um, <laughs> and it was it was really cheap. Uh, for anyone in Australia, go online and look up Back to Basics with an X instead of a CS. Uh, they ship really fast. Like I ordered this on a Friday and got it on a Monday with standard shipping somehow. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah. Not sure how that worked, but I'll take it. Uh, and <laughs> they, they sell bases. They sell a bunch of plastic card and stuff. It's where I get all my plastic card. Um, they don't sponsor us, but they've been very good to me <laughs> and they have a cool product that I think everyone should try if you're thinking of doing magnets. <laughs> like this stuff is seriously cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, it's it's not done. I still have a whole bunch of stuff to go because <laughs> it was a <laughs> Keep going. It was a full month. Um, just realized there's stuff I haven't written on here, so I'll put that on at the end. Um, <laughs> moving on to reading, I read a few things. Um, I read The Last Hunt by Robbie McNiven, which you'll be able to hear me talk about later in the month. It's a really, really yep. good book. If you like Tyranids, if it you is. like White Scars, get it, read it. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's all I'll say about, say about it. Uh, similarly, I read another novella. I read The Red Hours by Evan Dickin and Matt. You have to read this so we can talk about it on the show. Okay. It's okay. really good. <laughs> yes, boss. <laughs> uh, yeah. It is. Oh, no, I've got it. I'll, I'll yeah. check it out. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it is a really good it's Age of Sigma. It's about a free guild captain who gets disgraced and sent out to a random outpost in the middle of Shimon. Um, oh, okay. Or out near the edge of Shimon, actually, I think. And it's about all kinds of stuff that goes on there. Again, I don't want to spoil it because it's actually really, really good. Like, <laughs> as far as a short story goes, it felt like, it felt like a compilation version of like all the best bits of a movie, of, of like a horror action movie kind of compilation okay. stuff yeah um i i don't want to say specifically which movie because that would spoil <laughs> the book entirely and so i'm not going to say which movie um but it's one of my favorites so if people know me very well somehow from listening to this you can probably guess um <laughs> uh, okay i'll check that out then yeah and in further reading i read what i think is now my favorite black library book of all time it's definitely the best age of sigma book i've ever read uh it's black pyramid <laughs> by josh reynolds <laughs> this book is monstrously large it took me forever to read through it uh probably didn't help i had to break and reread carcarodons and read last hunt for the interview with robbie but um <laughs> that's dedication <laughs> it, mate oh yeah but it was it was really 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 good um <clears throat> i can't, i cannot stress how good this book is I cannot. It is fantastic. There was a bit where I literally, I stood up and I yelled when something was revealed. Really? I was like, oh my God. I just, I put the book down very gently. I just stood up and just like walked around my room for a couple of minutes going, oh, I love it. Um, as, as far as not super spoiler stuff goes, uh, I have to make the Slanesh Battalion for Beastmen now to add into my host of Slanesh army okay. because there yeah. is, there is a beast, there is a beast lord effectively, I guess would be his in-game equivalent in there that I really want to try modeling. Who's super cool. Uh, his, his name is Ghost Eater. He's now Bino Beastman, but he's got a lion head with six horns instead of like, oh, amazing. Head. Yeah. All right. Uh, his, his shtick is if he eats someone, he eats their soul as well, and the ghost stays and gives him advice and stuff like that. 
<laughs> That's brilliant. So like, he's, I like he, that. So the best bit is like, you know, he's trying to ambush someone in the back of his head because he ate a Skaven warlock engineer once in the back of his head. He's like, no, no, you'll be killed. Stop it. Stop it. I'll die too if you die. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. It was an absolutely fantastic read. Uh, like, that wasn't even a highlight, that character. He was just fantastic. He gets me excited for the future of Age of Sigma. Um, <laughs> and, like, things like more Beasts of Chaos stuff. Oh, I've got to do a Beast of Chaos detachment now, I guess. Jeez, guys. Uh, <laughs> is how it starts. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it is, it is start to finish incredible. The epilogue was great. The beginning was great. This little... It's a little bit about like twenty percent through where a character was revealed to be not who they seemed was great. I I, yeah, I can't talk about it because I don't want to spoil it for people because it's great. <laughs> I, can, I can tell it's trying to burst yeah. out of you. Yeah, it, it's it's also like five hundred pages or something. It's very big. Um, so like, take your time reading it because it deserves all your attention. Don't just mindlessly flick through it. It's a good book. Josh Reynolds remains the king of Age of Sigmar. That's all I'll say on it. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, in terms of actually buying things, just earlier this week, uh, I got the new Fiends of Solanesh sprues from Wrath and Rapture off of eBay because I was tired trolling Bitsite looking for one claw from that kit. <laughs> so I went, yeah. okay, look, Don't I'll just get you. the whole dang thing. I'll have three Fiends. I'll have three of the new <clears throat> beautiful models. I guess you forced my hand. Um... <laughs> Um, so those will hopefully be coming sometime in the next week or two, and then I can finally finish building the Keeper of Secrets I've been working on and things like that. Uh, I don't know if I'll finish painting all thousand points of it, as was initially my Q1 goal, but I will definitely finish building all thousand points of it, if nothing else, by the end of the month. Um, and then, in video game news, uh, to finish all this off, I've played some video games uh on sale earlier in february god yeah earlier in february there was uh blood bowl 2 and mordheim city of the damned uh blood bowl 2 being a fantasy football game and mordheim city of the damned being sort of like xcom but with skaven uh yeah 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 <laughs> which uh, i like it uh so i've played both of those a bit Blood Bowl 2, really good. I really like it. There's something addictive about just watching this little Reichlander guy charge, <laughs> shoulder charge into an orc and just send it flying because you got a good roll on the dice. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm probably not very good at it. I was probably only having fun because the computer was going easy on me. But <laughs> yeah. it's a cool game. Seems interesting. I like, I like the fact that it's presented as like a football sports channel hosted by an ogre and a vampire. Um, yeah, it works really well. It's pretty yeah. rad. Um, More Time City of the Damned is very cool, but it seems very intricate and complicated, and I feel like I'm in the deep end, so I'll probably get deeper into that after I watch some tutorials or something. <laughs> Good um, and then, also on sale earlier, uh, in sort of mid to late February, was uh, Inquisitor Marta. I think that's mm, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Diablo clone and... I have fallen deep into that. That is good. A good it's good, game. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just good. It's just good fun. Um, it, it's not crazy complex or anything. Uh, although no. I've got nowhere near end game, so I don't know anything about end game builds or anything like that. But it's fun. Uh, I tried playing as a psycho first, and that was fun. But I felt a little weak. Not weak, like yeah. vulnerable. I guess would be a better term. Like I had lots of buffs I could give myself, and I was a beast in melee. <laughs> But at the same time, <laughs> it felt like if more than five guys got in combat with me, I'd get shredded. And so yeah, I went yeah. as the Crusader instead, the uh, the ranged yeah, Crusader. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. running around with a las gun has been surprisingly the most satisfying <laughs> thing all game. <laughs> like, Have you unlocked the bolt gun yet? Yeah, like I've got access yeah. to bolters, heavy bolters, plasma cannons, and melter guns. They're yeah. like, nah, man, a las gun, though. <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. It is. It's a, ver- it's a very <laughs> addictive game, actually. I, I mm. mean, I've, com- I've said before on here, I've completed the campaign and I've done a bit of the end build sort of stuff. And it, it's great because it, it is mindless. You know, it's one of those mm. games you can just switch off to, but yeah, it, it does adhere to the universe really well. Like I said to you before, the, the, you know, the, the sense of scale is really great. You know, mm. Marines, are, mm. you know, are literally oh, towering huge. above you, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is the way it should be. It's, it, they've got mm. the scale really well. And, yeah. you know, when, I mean, to be fair, once you get to end game, you're basically having to run, ran, ran, you know, a lot of randomized mm. missions, basically. Mm. Like, it's all based on like a tarot system. You sort of okay. have like yeah. a, you know, like a benefit and a negative and, you know, it mm. makes it harder. And, but then you're more likely to get certain types of gear and, you know, yeah. blah, 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 that yeah. sort of, sort of stuff, really. But no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're really enjoying it because I, I thoroughly mm. enjoyed it. I know, I know it wasn't for everyone. And I think it, oh, yeah. from what I've read, it was a bit, uh, bit buggy when mm. it first came out. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously, obviously happens a lot, but mm. it is actually a really, really good game. Yeah. So no, I'm glad you're enjoying it, it. It was like 30 bucks Australian on sale for like the big shiny version with all the bells and whistles. Like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, yeah, yeah do it. it's a lot of fun. Uh, Running in with a greatsword was also fun. I didn't realize different armors gave you different abilities, so I switched to a different armor set yes. one level, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just bombard them with the missiles," and my guy just flew across the map. Yeah, I it's like ah! <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what happened to me because I I got I had the armor like I said, which gives you like the the sort of whirlwind type mm. <laughs> rocket launcher, mm. and I was thinking, "Great, right, I'm I'm going to start get stuck in," and then all of a sudden, like like you just you just jumped up in the air and crashed down. It's like, wait a minute. It's not Super Mario. Where's yeah, this come from? And then, crazy. and then there's one which drop, which drops a tarantula turret mm, as well, and things mm, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've had a lot of fun with, like I said, the las gun is. It's really weirding me out because I've accessed all these crazy powerful things. I'm like, but the las gun is better than all of them that I currently have. Yeah, no, I don't. Just, it's weird. Yeah, it, is. Um, it is. I accidentally built my perks the right way to be really good with the las gun after killing just two guys. I guess I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the, the, there's one thing that bugs me and it's the eviscerator because it's awesome and i love it it feels really weird that i can walk up to a chaos marine and just point it at him and just hold down the button and he doesn't do anything <laughs> until he dies so like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a it's a strange game in the sense that mm. i find sometimes that the enemies you think are gonna really you know yeah screw you over aren't that bad and the ones mm. that you don't expect to be powerful are like i said chaos marines aren't that bad actually yeah. you think they're going to be horrendous and they're pretty okay but then you'll come across like a psyker of some sort mm. and it can be a nightmare lightning raining from heaven chasing you in like yeah, a squiggly it's... line i'm like please <laughs> <laughs> yeah leave me alone it's like yeah. it's like Pac-Man. yeah that, that was, like the first yeah. chaos marine i encountered i was a little disappointed by how easy it was um but later on chaos yeah. marine, chaos marine champions are terrifying sometimes depending on who they are the, yeah they can't yeah because they'll they'll literally charge you and things like yeah, that yeah it's yeah. it's and there's like they get difficult the decimator demon engine i think it was the one that looks like a big dreadnought at one point yeah yeah that guy was scary <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they get bigger as well mm. oh i know <laughs> wait i just i i just i want you to tell me about that when you get to the final mission yeah like the yeah. final boss or the final you know. mission the boss fight <laughs> yeah i want to know your thoughts on it all right <laughs> um yeah but that was me that was the the last like 40 minutes have been 
this is this is the hobby I did for a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can, I can, is it my go now? Yeah, yeah. Go on, tell us what you did for a month. <laughs> no, that is it. <laughs> Not as much as I would have hoped, but I've done a you know a little bit here and there. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, my my last month has been taken up by another hobby, <laughs> which I was discussing with <laughs> yeah. you yesterday. Which I'm going to tie into Warhammer mm-hmm. uh, slightly because I've me and my wife have been playing a lot of Keyforge recently. Yep. Keyforge is a uh, card game, you know, similar to ones like Magic and Pokemon and things like that. And it's you know it's been out. I think six, four, you know, yeah. four or five months yeah. now, and something like that. And it's really good. Uh, I know it's nothing to do with Warhammer, but it is a really good game. And why it's good for us is it's found us a way to sort of play stuff together because you know, like you know, I'm the gamer mm. of the of the relationship. <laughs> you know, video games, war games, car games. Whereas my wife, not really into it. You know, she she tries, but she doesn't. You know, she's. Sort of, you know, if she's playing a board game, she's in, you know, she plays Monopoly, that sort of thing, really. So, you know, so, so for her to get into something like Keyforge or any sort of game like that is a big deal. Mm. You know, for, for me, it is. It's, it's like, yes, <laughs> yeah, you're coming to the dark side, and it's great because she's really into it. Like, as in, she's the one. Like I said, she's she's the one instigating mm. a lot of yeah. our games. You know, it's, it could be almost bedtime. She's like, a couple of games of Key, Keyforge. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yes, okay, but wh- where I'm sort of trying to circle this round is i'm hoping now then that's the way i can get her into some of the warhammer mm, games really mm. so i'm i'm looking at warhammer underworlds yeah, yeah. obviously because that does have a card game element i know obviously it involves miniatures but then obviously they all do so i'm gonna I, luckily i've got a couple of war bands built um it was about two or three of them i think from the original mm. set so i'm gonna hopefully in the next week or so try to get her into those uh, i need to read the rules properly yeah. myself but again knowing that they're quick games and then that's where i'm hoping kill team you know if she likes that she may then like kill team you know i'm gonna sort of Mm. see where i go with this i mean she's not the only thing that's going to slightly hinder me in this little project is that she's not into fighting Mm. stuff because in keyforge you're not it's not all about fighting whereas obviously most of the games regarding warhammer are about killing each other so i mean she's not anti-violence yeah. or anything no. like that. i just mean she's just not into that sort of stuff you know mm. sort of stuff really so but you know i'll, I'll see where it goes you know i'm, I'm just gonna I, i'm just gonna see <laughs> what, what happens with that little project so you know watch this space um i'm sort of actual hobby wise i've been just continuing working on my stormcast i a few weeks ago i built the knight in cantor that comes with the that little starter mm. magazine so not yeah. the one that you get in the soul wars but the the, not that's the female yeah. one the male one that comes with that like i said ma- magazine but what i did is i swapped his head with one a third party resin head from i think it's from cromlech mm-hmm. i think that's the make and uh, it's like it's their um i don't know what I, I can't remember the name of what they they call it but it's it's like a like a knight's helmet with a with a, a hood over it and it really goes well the knight encounter mm-hmm. actually it just made it just as a, as a simple yeah. head swap it really yeah it really goes with them so i've got a pack of 10 of those heads and i'm going to pop them on certain stormcast heroes mm. i think or any helmets that i'm not a real fan of i mean even as much as i love stormcast i find some of their helm their helms a bit hit and miss mm. to be honest i like some of them are lovely like the evocator ones are really good but like then the standard uh, liberator ones i find a bit meh to be honest but um well, it could be better i should say they're not mm. that bad so yeah so i built him i've been working on some evocators uh i've been working on set when i say working i've just been starting to build a bit more of them nothing 
overly exciting really not even worth picture worthy to be honest just just starting to build them really but uh, the good thing is i'm sticking to it that's the thing i'm not going off creating other things even though i'm going to slightly contradict that in a second with my buying but that's a different subject but i yeah but from a hobby wise yeah i'm like i said i'm going i'm aiming for a thousand points of stormcast Mm. um one thing i'm hoping to do off the back of that is the i think i mentioned before one of the the new guys on my team is a Warhammer yeah. player, and he, he plays card games as well, and things like that. And he he's the one that told me about the local club that plays AOS. And he he went there literally earlier this week uh, to play AOS skirmish. He took a he took a flesh eater courts mm. uh, a little warband, and he took a uh, maggot king one as well. So uh, so what I'm hoping is that if you know if I'm sort of feeling a bit bogged down with get into the the 1k of stormcast is i may just take a few yeah. of them there you know just whatever i've got ready and go you know what here we go let's play a few because again i've never really tried skirmish so you know obviously with the especially with the new rules and mm. like that so i may it may be a quicker way for me to get into the yeah, club yeah. <laughs> so to speak like i said i don't want to just i want it when i, I when i turn up i want to be able to play straight yeah, away i don't want yeah, to just turn absolutely. up and just watch i want to i just want to get in get stuck in so i'm thinking right if i get a little you know get a, a little uh, skirmish group mm. ready then you know then it will and then it will get me in the mode to then obviously work on the rest of it so um so yeah that's what i've been working on hobby wise uh buying wise i've not <coughs> bought that much because unfortunately because my wife's still on maternity mm, yeah <laughs> that uh, affects money and things like that so i unfortunately my uh, my hobby budget is well i suppose it's a good thing because i've got plenty of models to get through so it's probably not a bad thing that i'm like <laughs> but i have been a bit naughty no. uh, i must admit i have been in um what i say i've been a bit naughty is that i i know obviously we're sticking to you know some of the armies that we want to do for this mm. year like for me it's marines and and stormcast but i have bought a few models for a future project so so i've been naughty in the sense that i've bought it but then i'm not working mm. on it so i'm looking yeah. at it as taking advantage <laughs> so i um i bought the ideneth deepkin uh, battle force <laughs> before they sold out <laughs> i bought the the one that came out mm. at christmas um alchemist workshops who you know obviously yeah. lovingly, yeah. lovingly gave us that prize recently uh, i went there i saw that they had a couple of boxes left whereas obviously a lot of them are gone now mm. out of stock and, and i thought yeah go on then um I, I think it was from when we covered the battle yeah, tome yeah. back back last april it was we i just lo- i just i just mm. love them as a as a race but i thought you know they can be quite expensive financially because obviously the you know at least with like stormcast you can take advantage of soul mm. wars and ebay and things like that so but i thought here's a good deal and you know, it's just, I couldn't, I just, you know, when you, I was, I, actually, this is what I based it on. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you that this is what I based it on. I have been trying to get rid of a Tau start collecting mm. box. I've been trying to get rid of it on our Discord, <laughs> and unfortunately, no one's really mm. wanted it. It's, it's the last thing I own that, that I don't yeah. need. Now, yeah. Everything else I've got, you know, it ready to build is stuff that I want. So I thought, right, I need to get rid of this. Well, I, I want to get rid of this. So I said, right. I said to my wife, I said, go to the local GW and see if they'll exchange it. Mm. Um, it's a bit battered, you know, it's a, it's a box that's been hanging a while, you know. And I said, right, if you get it, sorry, if you if they're happy to do it, I want the uh, Eidolon mm-hmm. of Mathlan model, okay? So that is, <laughs> and you know, if they agree to do the swap, then I'm going, 
I'm going. I'm going in yeah, deep. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then if obviously they say no, that's almost like a, a sign. Say mm-hmm. like no, and they almost they almost didn't do it from what she told me because they were a bit hesitant about it. But they did do it because they're great. And I think uh, so. Yeah. So she got the Idlan and Mathlan. I thought right, okay, that's destiny. That's fate. That's mm. the changer of ways. Zinch just said to me <laughs> that, that I need to get some deep in. So I bought the Battle for Force box and I've already got a box mm. of Reavers from last year sometime. So I think between it, I've got almost 1,500 wow. points there, there already. Go. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not touching them. That is literally, it could even be 20, uh, 2020, you know, mm. hobby goals. I'm not, I said it is literally, they are going away, parts away. I'm not, they're out of sight, out of mind <laughs> <laughs> situation. But yeah, I, I couldn't resist. And it, that's, you know, ultimately I've got a good bit there. Yeah. So we'll see on that. <laughs> right. Uh, books wise, um, I've read quite mm. a bit. I must admit, I, um, read Nagash, the Undying King by Josh mm. Reynolds. Um, really good. And it's sad because I because it's a little while ago since I read it. I can't remember as much as I wanted about it, but it is very good. It's on it's on Audible yeah. as well. It's even though it's called Nagash, the Undying King, it's not heavily on Nagash. It's obviously a lot about Ark and the Black, uh, mm. Neferata, and, and characters like that. It's good because it's not. Excuse me. It's not ridiculously long. It's uh, I say it's from an Audible point of view, it's like seven yeah. eight hours, which is you know sort of slightly under average. What's really good about it is it's set in the Age of mm. Chaos from memory. Yeah. So it's not, it's, you know, pre, pre-Stormcast Eternals. So it's really good because you're seeing things from a, you know, a slightly different angle, you know, before certain other events has been no Necroquake and, and things like that. So yeah, check it out. It's definitely worth looking at. And I think from memory in either April, May time, it's being re-released with the Neferata Ooh. novel as a pair on Black Excellent. Library. So if you haven't, you may, you know, so if you are interested, uh, again, from a, like a paperback point of view, you may want to wait until I said April, May time. So to Mm. check it out. Right. What else? Um, I've been continuing on my journey through the Horus heresy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm on book not, well, the next one will be book 20 for me. I have read Deliverance Lost, which is based around the Raven Guard, after the uh, Isfan drop site massacre, uh, that's very that's very good. That's why Gav Thorpe. It's based around you. You see a lot about Korax and things, and yeah. you know, obviously things yeah. about the Raven Guard. Um, it gets a bit of criticism out there, from what I've read. I thought it was really good. I, I can see it's not you know it, it's not setting the world mm. on fire, but it's good to see the Raven Guard because often they get a bit neglected. I find yeah. in the novels you don't often read much about them. So yeah, Deliverance Lost was, I thought it was decent. It's definitely, you know, perfectly readable. Uh, I, the good thing is that meant that I could go on to read in No, No Fear, um, which is got a massive reputation in the sort of heresy mm. series. It's obviously based around the Ultramarines and the word bearers and the battle of Kalth, you know, when they basically turned on the Ultramarines. And I got to tell you, it's bloody brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good book. I'll be honest, it is, you know, purely Mm. bolter porn throughout the whole thing. So don't care about, you know, you don't really need to care about a lot of the characters. Obviously, you know, Gilliman and Lorgar are obviously prominent, but the actual, a lot of the characters are, you know, they'll come and go, but it doesn't matter. The way it's by Dan Abner, I believe. And the way he describes how certain things happen is just fantastic i just can't 
you know, you know how you were sort of gushing about about uh, yeah. Black Pyramid. Yeah. That's sort of how I felt after reading No No Fear. <laughs> it is utterly great. It is just, I mean, and to be fair, I think you could get away with reading it even if you haven't read much of the other yeah. stuff, really, because, you know, it's a well-known fact in the heresy. I said the word bearers turned on mm. the Ultramarines. That was one of the big events. You know, there's been quite a few books on it. And this is where, you know, where they, they do the turn in. And it's just, just nasty. It's a really mm. nasty book. Like some of the, some of the descriptions, again, without spoiling things. So, yeah, that was really good. I also finished Hammerhal, which is one of those little anthology books that came out uh the aos one mm. if you remember they, they released crusade yeah. for 40k and then hammerhal uh for aos and admittedly they've re- uh, released sacrosanct oh. as the sort of newer mm. version of that as well uh finally finished that uh yeah good you know a nice little selection of aos uh little shorts in there really uh i mean you can pick it up dirt cheap on paperback or mm. audible so um yeah and i think i think a, a couple of the last few chapters are based around uh, excerpts from other novels like um like legends of the age of sigma yeah. and things like that so if you've not read them it'll give you a bit of inspiration um i finally moved on to getting around to reading ravenna <laughs> uh, obviously i've like you i've done all the yeah. eyes and horns and obviously ravenna gets spoken about in very mm. high regard yeah very excellent i can't i did i mean i've read ravenna and i'm about halfway through the second one, which is Ravenna returned. And yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're great. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's different as in compared to Eisenhorn. I think because I think the main thing is that there's not much of Ravenna in it. <laughs> you know, obviously with Eisenhorn, there's a big focus mm-hmm. on Eisenhorn. Obviously he's narrating it and there's a big focus on him. Whereas Ravenna sort of <laughs> takes a back seat. No, no pun intended. Um, he takes a back seat and, yeah, he's, he's chair. In a, yes, sort of a grab chair. <laughs> he's in his chair for people that don't know, and he, yeah, he, it's just a yeah, just just mm, fantastic. Mm. So I'm going to smash through that, and then I'm going to read Ravenna Rogue, which is obviously the third one. Um, and lastly, regarding books, I picked up Titan Death, which is one of the recent Horus Heresy ones. I know I've we're just saying I'm on book 19, and I've just mm. jumped to <laughs> number 53, yeah, yeah. I think. <laughs> so this is the, it's the penultimate one before the buried dagger, and I, I just want to read it because I'm just because it's all mm. about Titans, obviously, clues in the title, and I just want to read it because it's all about that uh, Beta Garmin uh, battle that was quite prominent mm. in the Heresy, and. Yeah, I'm. You know, it's one of those where you're like, I just, I'm just going to yeah, jump forward, yeah. sod it. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to read it. I know it's out of order, but I'm going to give it a go. So yeah, that's one of the few books I'm going to read. Hopefully, in the next week. Um, yeah. So that's been my sort of mm. hobby stuff: Stormcast and buying naughty things <laughs> and reading a lot. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's been a that's been a decent hobby section. To yeah. Be fair, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> your your workshop <laughs> and my and my and my library. Uh. <laughs> so <laughs> right. So I think we are going to take a very well deserved break mm. <laughs> after this first part, um, and then when we return, we've got a shed load of news to get into. Back soon. Hello, and we're back, and we're back to talk about news and mm. lots of other news, and then news <laughs> upon news, because <laughs> we've been away from a normal episode for a month. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's mm. congregated, isn't it, yeah, really? <laughs> really piled up. I mean, I, 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 take, I take heart in the fact that we're recording two days before the end of the 80-day countdown, not two days after. <laughs> 
because I'm sure there's <laughs> yeah, even add. more. I'm sure there'd be yeah. even more to deal with. <laughs> that's fine we'll save it for the next show that's how we work mm, so mm. yeah so with, with a lot of the news we're about to cover obviously some of it is quite you know is within the last month so if you think hang on yeah we know about that but you know yeah. we gotta cover it anyway because that's what we do <laughs> so <laughs> yeah don't be alarmed if you think hang on that was three weeks ago but yeah we'll go through it anyway mm. and we'll you know skip over some of the less important things so right what we'll do is we'll break it down into the different games so we'll start with all the 40k news then we'll do aos then the bit of the heresy stuff and then anything else yeah <laughs> basically yeah, yeah. that's not in those categories <laughs> so uh, yeah let's start with 40k mm-hmm. let's start with the big one which would be arguably shadow spear mm-hmm. this was announced at the lvo Mm-hmm. Uh, not long ago and this is going to be the next box set for 40k that's yeah. going to be the primaris vanguard marines uh with the the new chaos space marines that we yeah. you know we knew were coming <laughs> we, we knew we were hoping for they finally get uh, so yeah cam- oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yep and that's the key thing everything in this <laughs> box is a brand new sculpt nothing yeah. has been reused so which is good to hear so yeah what's your you know your initial thoughts on shadow sphere i am very excited for this uh it's funny <laughs> because looking at the primaris side of things my immediate reaction was oh they are uh, they primaris to more special characters no they didn't actually but it really <laughs> looks like it yeah like the the vanguard librarian looks like ezekiel the dark angels he librarian does. perfectly massively so uh and the primaris vanguard captain Looks exactly like Scout Sergeant Tellian, but Primaris, and it's <laughs> it's really messing with me because they're like they're like they're like these guys aren't technically special characters. They get names because they're part of an Ultramarine Strike Force that actually shows up in the Vigilist book. Uh, there's actually a little yes. blurb about these guys, um, mm-hmm. but they're not technically special characters. Uh, they're not special characters because all but one of them died, as far as we can tell from the Vigilist book. Um, so spoilers <laughs> yeah. for the box, I guess. Spoilers. Um, yeah, the Primera stuff all looks really interesting and really cool. Uh, there's going to be a new psychic discipline, the concealment discipline for the librarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably, it will be like neg one to hits across the board and things like that for its all its good 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 stuff um <laughs> the uh now part of this information i gotta say has been from leaks because hours earlier uh someone leaked all the data sheets on reddit <laughs> like with photos yes, and things so <laughs> um we know a bit more than we should uh everyone seems to have camo cloaks which gives them plus two to their saves and cover instead of plus one which is nice um yep, that's right the vanguard captain in particular has uh it's a, called an omnispec scrambler i believe which we can't see exactly because the rules are a bit cut off, but it seems to prevent anyone deep striking within 12 inches of him instead of within nine, like normal. So kind of like the, uh, the Clamavis from the recent Gene Steeler Cults book, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. Uh, the Eliminators are apparently a heavy support choice. The, uh, the sniper guys, uh, they yep. can ch- choose two different types of ammo, either do more damage or do something else. I can't remember perfectly. But they- yeah, it's a exit, what's it, executor rounds and mortis rounds, rounds, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, the, ex- yeah. yeah, so the executors are AP minus two, D3 damage, rolls a six, do mortal wounds, and mm. then the mortis rounds are AP minus one, one damage, and can target units aren't visible they don't get cover and you add two to hit rolls with uh, these yeah. rounds wow hitting on a one plus um <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, there to get rid of those negative modifiers which is cool uh they, they seem like actually good sniper rifles instead of the yeah generic. i agree i mean generally in 40k sniper rifles seem to be kind of flat 
Uh, they mm-hmm. don't, they, they, they get this mortal wound on six, mortal wound on six to wound. Yay. Uh, otherwise it's just a strength four AP zero one damage is like every sniper rifle except the assassin. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, as far as the chaos marines go, it seems they're probably push fit, uh, which this I actually really like because this might put it more in a dark imperium actual starter box realm, which would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, also make it a little less expensive down under. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but apparently the Chaos Space Marines are push fit. They're equally mixed between bolters, chainsaws, and bolt pistols. The sergeant has a chain axe and bolt pistol, and the unit has a plasma gun and an auto cannon, uh, which is an mm-hmm. interesting yeah. loadout. Um, the what we've seen of the sculpts, they look beautiful. They look amazing. They They're wonderful. Do. I love them. Um, the obliterators have been buffed up. They're now Toughness 5 with 4 wounds, uh, up from Toughness 4 with 2 or 3 wounds, I think they used to be. Uh, and they also yep. got 2 more shots each with their flesh metal guns, and they got a special melee weapon, which is like plus 1 strength, minus 2 AP D3 damage, I think, which is cool. Makes them much better. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good. They're good again. <laughs> um, I mean, they're, they're already very good if you use the right strategy and things, but now they're even better. Uh, they're probably a little more expensive points-wise because of that, but it's fine. <laughs> um, the Venom Crawler Demon Engine is kind of interesting. Um, it's got a decent gun. Like a lot of Demon Engines, its weapons are based on its strength score, which goes down over wounds and things like that. Uh, but it adds one to summoning rolls uh, by the... Ma- oh, beg pardon. Adds one to summoning rolls by the Master of Possession uh, when it's near it, so it I'm not sure if we're going to go full AOS and go summoning costs no points because summoning is available to a lot <laughs> less armies in 40k than it is to um, yeah. in Age of Sigma. But mm-hmm. some, maybe some changes to make it a little more viable as a strategy would be cool. This is a start. Um, the Master of Possessions is really cool, actually. He's basically a Chaos Sorcerer, but he has access to a new discipline called the Malefic Discipline, which, again, we don't know what it does. Presumably lots of things targeting demon units rather than Chaos Space Marine units. Uh, he ha- he gets a five plus invuln on top of uh his old on top of the normal sorcerer stat line, which is cool. Uh, and his big thing is he makes enemy psychers within twelve inches of him perils on a any double roll for their psychic test, not just double one or double twelve. <laughs> I love that. So like you know, like I rolled I rolled double four, I cast my power. Cool, you take d three mortal wounds as your head blows. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like, sure, why not? Um. It's really interesting. I think as long as he's not super expensive points wise, he might actually, and as long as the malefic discipline is really good, he might actually edge out sorcerers in a lot of lists. Cause, mm, yeah, like, I can believe that. He, he's a psyker. I mean, he gets his cast two, unbind one, like a normal sorcerer, but just that, that sheer threat of, like, I, I imagine him against a gray knight's army and I shudder. <laughs> You just move him up so he's next to all their units and suddenly, no, not casting smite anymore. Just what grey knights need. Yeah. <laughs> More of a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we finally learned what the greater possessed were. They are lieutenants, but possessed, basically. It's, it's a Primaris lieutenant, yep, everyone. Right. Yay. Um, <laughs> actually, apparently the box has a Primaris Vanguard lieutenant it, as well. So, it does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, He's in there. Yeah, so they are an elite's choice. They come in units of one to two, and after deployment, they split up and go on their own as characters. They are actually really good in combat, it looks like. They're strength five, toughness five, wounds five, attacks five. Um, so they're doing pretty good. Um, their weapon is... Strength user AP minus two D three damage with their five attacks is pretty rad, especially because they have a rule where possessed near them, including themselves, get plus one strength. 
Uh, it's not actually possessed. It's legion demons. So, for example, mm-hmm. if, and this is my big pie-in-the-sky wish, if Death Guard can take Greater Possessed, you don't need to do the Nurgle Demon Detachment to get extra strength on your Plague Burst Crawlers and Blight Drones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that may be, yeah. Or you can double up and go to, like, Strength 9 Flamers or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> be a bit much, maybe. Um, so, you know, I'm really interested to see if they are allowed in Death Guard. If not, uh, I'll just make a Black Legion Detachment. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No uh, everything in the box <laughs> looks really awesome. Looks interesting. Uh, I've forgotten one thing. The suppressors, who are the inceptors mm-hmm. with auto cannons, uh, look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to move around a bit, so they won't always be firing the full three plus. But they have some interesting stuff. Uh, once per game, the sergeant can pop a smoke launcher instead of shooting his own gun to give them minus one to be hit. Uh, they can deep strike, obviously, and if they kill a model from a unit, that unit can't shoot for the rest of the turn, which includes Overwatch. So y- yep. they can be really good for, s- say, setting up a charge by Reavers or something would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. you've got to get into combat with a wall of plasma guns and you've got to go in. You know, the Reavers are going to be hurt on the way in somehow. Yeah, kill kill one guy. That's all you need to do and it will be all good, which is pretty rad. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's it's good bit of synergy as well because obviously, mm. like re, like using Reavers as an example, they're they're a bit of a funny unit in general. They're not; they're a bit of a what, what, what do you need these for? Mm. Whereas, like mm. I said, I think now, I think to me with the the first drop of Primera, so you, you know your Reavers, your Intercessors, your Hellblasters, yeah. your Inceptors, and Aggressors, they you know they all you can see what what the, where they were going with some of them, but they were a bit. You know, what's their purpose in some cases? Where do mm. they, how do they work together? Whereas I think now this sort of second layer of Primaris with the eliminators, infiltrators, suppressors, etc., it's, you're going to see a lot more options now. Cause, yeah. you know, cause I think yeah. sometimes people, if you, especially if you play competitively, you, you're not, a lot of people aren't using Primaris Marines because mm. there's not, you know, the, I think most people are using Hellblasters at most because they, you know, they can wreck, wreck face if they, mm. if, if done, re- you know, relatively well. But obviously, intercessors aren't really, you know, aren't that much over tactical marines or even mm. scouts, you know, if yeah. you're playing real, really competitive. So, yeah. whereas I think now, again, I've not seen any points for a lot of these characters. I think, again, it will just give some people a bit more options. So I think mm. you may start seeing a few more Primaris lists yeah. running now, I would say. Yeah, hopefully. And I mean, like, for me, this is really good because I can see where they're going next, I think, as well. Because like, with the initial <laughs> right. with the initial Primaris drop, like you said, the Reavers were the ones that felt a little bit odd out. Like, they don't fit super well. Like, they have mm. a big mixed role. Like, they're meant to be your close assault unit, but they can't really deal with armor. And they're really spec towards terrifying infantry. But again, they don't deal super well with armor. And in the end of the day, they're three up, save, tough as four, two wounds. They're not incredibly tough. Nope. So, like, they're there for, like, killing guardsmen, it seems, which seems a bit odd, but they fit in really well with all the Vanguard stuff thematically. They all wear the Phobos. They do, yeah. Uh, the Phobos pattern armor as well, the lighter uh, Mark Ten armor. Um, or whatever, I guess it might be Mark Eleven technically, if it's a different Mark. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. But then in this release, the thing that doesn't seem to fit the Vanguard theme as much, for me at least, is the suppressors. Because they, they don't seem as stealthy. They they still just roar in out of orbit <laughs> yeah. with a massive, yeah. massive autocannon. Like, they don't <laughs> yeah. seem... Nothing makes them stealthy except the smoke launcher on the sergeant. 
which just gives a minus one to hit. So I feel like the next chamber is either going to be all aerial mounted or be like the the Inceptor chamber. I'm calling them chambers. Thanks. I was going to say. Thanks, Age of Sigma. They Stormcast, are they? Yeah. This is, this, this is what it feels like. It's what it feels like. Yeah, I no, feel you're like, right. No, yeah, you're right. I feel like it'll either be the Airborne Cavalry <laughs> chamber yeah. company kind of deal, or it will be the Devastator company of, of, huh. of, of, of version with Primaris. So... I, I, I want to see Primaris boots on the ground with, like, real big heavy weapons. See what they can do with that extra I, I, muscle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I well, for a minute, I thought you were going to say a Primaris lieutenant on a Star Drake, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, no, no, you're right. I think, no, I think you, they do need some actual heavy, proper, like, their equivalent mm. of Devastators, because I know mm. you can sell, say Hell Blasters, but they're not quite their yeah. version of Devastators. Obviously, they, mm. they're only using plasma weapons. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 the good thing is they, they clearly want to, push these forward i know there's people that are probably thinking oh god more primaris but <laughs> come on these are cool they're you know you've got oh, a yeah. ninja librarian oh yeah for god's sake <laughs> he looks amazing <laughs> i feel the it's, captain I mean, in it, question is a little overdone but everything else looks fantastic yeah they they look great <laughs> and i think and again it's just it, i they're going to push push Primaris. It's the way they're going mm. to do it. They sell well, and they're the you know the face of the game. So they're going to do it. But they are. I like the fact that they're putting some good context on this. It's like mm. Um, mm. if you talking. I'm, I'm slightly going off topic here, no, but with the with the re, with the Reavers, for example, you. You know, we you know obviously when we were talking to Robbie McNiven <laughs> yesterday, he, and we we're talking about Blood of Ajax. There's a um, for you, you may may or may not know, but that that Reavers have got their own cult. Ooh, they really? they sort of indoctrinate each other. They've got their own rituals to be part of the Reavers. They do mm. like some. There's there's a there's sort of rumors that they do blood sacrifices. Not not in a Jesus. chaotic way. <laughs> no, you know, but no, but they, where they they sort of you know you you've got to you're not you know you're not just one of the guys. You you know mm. you're you've got they've got a very you know knit closely knit way of doing things. Mm. You know you don't mm. you've got you're almost like a completely different mindset to other Primaris Marines. And okay. I didn't really know that about Reavers. Yeah. To be fair, I was yeah. I was quite I was like oh okay I didn't know that was a a thing. Yeah, and again when you get around to reading Blood of Ajax, you'll mm. you'll you know read that See yourself. That, so yeah. yeah, interesting. Excellent. But no, but I, the the point I'm trying to make is that with a lot of these Primaris Marines, they you know regardless of what you think, they do have some good. Mm. you know backstory they have some good reason to be in there and obviously this whole shadow spear uh box is based on the what's called the what the shadow wharf and nemengast isn't it mm. which yeah. i think which is a really you know which is a really cool little scenario it's a it's a little industrial world as part of the vigilist system that has basically been you know taken over by uh by uh the chaos you know by the black legion and obviously mm. that's where the you know the vanguard where the uh the sh- you know the shadow vanguard are you know turning up and I, I mean there's something quite funny about ninja librarians and things because it is funny <laughs> i must admit when you've got these huge massive individuals with big armor oh yeah and then they're wearing and then they're wearing like cloaks and stuff <laughs> i must admit it is it is you know but that is very 40k mm. Uh, mm. to me i don't see that as a bad thing so yeah no yeah. i i like you i'm really hyped for this box set and i hope i'm really 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 hoping it's not uh, like one of those flash in the pan boxes where they put it out for a bit and then within a month and a half it's gone you know this need no this needs to be like a dark imperium this needs to Mm. be available all the time you know like yeah yeah, this needs to be a permanent (laughs) 
box set where you know because you know because that would be so annoying if it's gone within you know a very mm. short amount of time because yeah you know, yeah for some of us that want to get around to buying it I mean, you don't want it it'd be you a know. really good point to start like you start out you get dark imperium that's cool you want to build on both of those get yourself shadow yeah. spear you get an extra bit of primaris to throw in there and you get a black legion or standard chaos marines detachment you can ally with yeah Death Guard, there you go, perfect. Yeah, exactly. It, it all, it, it all. I think it will. I'm, I, mm. I'm again. It's part of me is more hoping than anything. But I, I think it will be, you know, it, it'll be the the cousin of of Dark Imperium. You know, mm. you you can mm. get either. You know, if you want your nor, you know, your standard Primaris and you want your Death Guard, you get Dark Imperium. If you want a slightly more, you know, different Primaris, i.e., the Vanguard, and you you know you want some standard, you know, Chaos Marines, you get a Shadow Spear. So mm. yeah, mm. fingers crossed. Anyway. Yeah. On that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. What's next for you, Kay? Uh Combat Arena. So there was a uh, Toy Fair event that happened a few weeks ago, where they, mm-hmm. which <laughs> completely came out of the blue <laughs> for most of us. Uh, so they've announced uh, Combat Arena, which it's an odd one because I, I noticed, unless things have changed, if you look at the 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 front cover or the the box art, I should say. Mm. There's no refer- reference to Warhammer. It's just called Combat Arena. Yeah, it's uh, a bit the fast-paced weird. miniatures comp. That's very odd, you know, because obviously this is clearly another gateway type game that you're mm. going to see in like bookshops and stuff. Yeah, uh, it, and it's odd because they like pushing the Warhammer brand as much as possible, mm. obviously, because that's mm. the point of it. So I'm a bit surprised at that. Uh, there's it's- some very cool little miniatures in it, though. Mm. <laughs> it is. It is awesome. Uh, few of them are the uh are from some rumor engines i think the rogue trader in particular is like two or three rumor engines all by herself um <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's it's like um it's like a rogue trader and retinue kind of sort of yeah sort of thing um got like a yeah you got a crusader and a servitor and a crusader yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean there's some there's some really I mean the rogue trader model is amazing i love the mm. fact that you got that servo skull Reloading. <laughs> reloading yeah the weapon i think it looks amazing <laughs> so no it's an interesting one that mm. i you know i mean we don't i don't think they've given much more yeah it's a yeah, yeah. a fast-paced miniatures combat game mm. i feel um, i feel like it should tie into blackstone fortress somehow i'm just saying the, well, it, this it, would it, make it, a great it, next set of explorers <laughs> well it supposedly does it, when the news came out it said in, in fact the set is a prequel to warmer quest blackstone fortress mm. and that ancient structure has further perils in store for them so yeah you can see again it's a gateway into blackstone fortress by the look of it yeah so, yeah that, okay yeah 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 cool. um speaking of blackstone fortress the <laughs> amble god this yes, picture looks so the dreaded good. one yeah um so yeah released now i'm pretty sure is a blackstone fortress mm. expansion called the dreaded amble comes with an amble some borer worm swarms which are like the larvae it gives off a uh, whole bunch of new yep. tiles whole bunch of new encounter and gear and thing cards uh i've i've watched some people play it online i've watched like a leaf through the thing it looks really awesome uh it comes with another sealed envelope that you're only meant to open after you've hunted down and finally killed the amble so they, they, <laughs> they're going with that theme which i like i like that every expansion has this thing to discover um, I still don't know what's in the basic one, of course, but I'll find out eventually, <laughs> uh, one day. Um, God, and it, it's just a really, really good looking mini. Like, yeah, mm, that's beautiful. I saw I someone mean, painted up with a uh, color shifts and I was blown away. Oh, amazing. Oh. I mean, I, I think, I think what I like about it, and I think we said when it first got announced that is the mm. fact that it shows they're supporting Blackstone Fortress. We've yeah, seen obviously yeah. it massively with Kill Team where it, you know, it's getting loads of expansions. So no, it's good that they're, 
you know, delivering on what they said they will do. It's not badly priced, I think, is mm. what both over here it's about 30, 35 yeah, pounds, yeah, which decent. is not, I mean, you know, that's the price of a unit. So, yeah, I mean, I personally, it's like it feels like a Kingdom Death expansion and it's priced kind of similarly <laughs> yeah. as well, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah, a yeah. monster that adds something to the game. It's either a full quest or you can just throw it in the encounter deck and have it show up yeah. during normal Blackstone Fortress, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just this yeah. thing shows up. Apparently, it's got like, 16 wounds or something like that like that seems a lot where most guys only have <laughs> yeah. two or three um <laughs> uh, <laughs> no it's, um, it's good no I, yeah, I, it's great yeah. to see definitely yeah and apparently it's it fights enemies as well it, it fights everything not just the players so um <laughs> again that's yeah. amazing awesome. i mean it, we we've said we've <laughs> said that before when we were talking about 40k creatures weren't we i think we mm. were saying about uh, we were talking about the was it the Katachan? Yeah, um, yeah. Devil, weren't we? You saying it'd be, I, I think I said it'd be amazing if it just, or just they, you could put it in the middle of a battlefield and yeah, just attack and just everything. Yeah, the nearest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I love when games have that sort of stuff. It's in, yeah, no, mm. that's very cool. Very cool indeed. Uh, right, okay, let's talk about another big boy. Let's yeah, talk another about another primaris lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no <laughs> luckily it's God. uh they obviously well it, so it's obviously <laughs> you know by the time you listen to this obviously we'll probably know realistically more about this now but uh mm. you know as part of that lvo uh revealed again a few weeks ago they've obviously now hinted at uh Ab- abaddon coming to mm. 40k obviously we always knew he was coming obviously that's been the whole you know vigil part of the vigilous campaign mm. and yeah they've sort of shown off you know, they've done a little, literally yeah. a, a sneak peek at him. We mm. haven't seen the full version of him. We've only seen yeah. certain angles deliberately. Yeah, yeah. Really, he that was re- really good. So big. His boot is the size of a Primaris Lieutenant's torso. Uh, yeah, which which is which is apt because obviously mm. from a law perspective, he was almost Primark sized. He's a, you know he, mm. he is a massive yeah. Marine. Okay, technically People he's a bog standard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there you go. Exactly. So, you know, from a law perspective, that makes sense. He needs, because obviously, if you look at his old miniature now, mm. it looks quite comical. It's, in, pretty, in, it's you know, pretty in compa- sad. It's smaller than regular Terminators, which is a bit odd. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, yeah, no, this is, he's coming. And like I said, by yeah. next episode, yeah. we'll be able to gush over him even and, more because obviously we would yeah, have probably seen yeah. him by then. And that was such a great pool as well because, like, right at the bottom of the article on all the LVO reveals, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. one more thing. Here's a trailer for the new Primaris Lieutenant. We get it. Guys, we're cool yeah. with memes. We know you hate lieutenants. So here's another <laughs> lieutenant. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll click it. Yeah, sure, whatever. It's like the the Primaris Lieutenant you've all been waiting for, Flash. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then just Abaddon's sword just glides across the words. are like, yeah. um, excuse me. Yes! Uh, <laughs> God, he yeah. will return. Yes, he will. Oh. God. Damn right you will. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh no. It's all right. We'll save our gushing for next show because, like I said, we will. Yeah. We, you know, he's going to be out. He'll be revealed by then. So let's oh, yeah. uh, let's wait and see. Uh, right. And the the last bit of forty k news is the orc buggies from Speed Freaks, the ones that were sort of not out. You know, unless you bought the box set, which was the Shock Jump Dragster and the Custom Boom Blaster, are now mm-hmm. out as well. Which you know. Yeah. Very cool. cool. If you want to cool get them that way. Yeah. Get that exactly, shock jump dragster. So. Teleport around. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's move on to AOS. Mm-hmm. And by obviously now the new Skaven and Flesh Eater Court 
Battle Tomes yeah. are now out. Yeah. Uh, along obviously with Carrion Empire, which we knew about obviously a while ago, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty much sold out in a lot of places. Yeah, it's supposedly it is a very no hard box available box online. I think there's a couple which of boxes in my local place, but that's it. Mm. <laughs> it's again, it's a shame. I know we were talking about it with Shadow Spear. I mean, I, I get it. Obviously, not every box set can go on forever. Obviously, we've seen mm. it with Wake the Dead and Tooth and Claw and Forge yeah. Bane, etc. Yeah. But that's not very long, is it? No, <laughs> really, it, it's it not feels, been around. It feels like it's more of like a promotion thing. Like, hey, these new battle tomes are coming out. Why mm. not? kick into it with one of these as well to like really get yeah. you on your way which sure it was a exactly. great it was great value box no wonder it disappeared yeah. huh <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i'm I, I suppose it only depends if you were ever interested and i mean you know there'll be mm. some copies floating around it's just it's a shame that it's not had a bit more of a chance to yeah. for people to get it you know because yeah. again there could be pe- you know because, because realistically not everyone can afford things day one and mm, mm. i'm always a believer that okay unless you right, okay if you say this is literally limited edition there's this mm. many copies then okay that's a different thing you you can get you can you know deal with that you can go right yeah. okay i'll borrow some money you know whatever you want if you're desperate to get something you go right i'll mm. i'll fit it i'll make sure it happens whereas when it's just something like oh cool a new box set you know there's to me there's a certain period it needs to be around before because mm. it need to me it needs to be at least a few months because of you know, various paydays and things like that. It just gives yeah, people, because yeah. there's nothing worse than missing out when you think, oh God, if mm. I, you know, it's similar to when we, sw- we and we'll talk about it in a minute, when we talk about <laughs> Warhammer Legends, obviously where you've got a time frame. Again, mm. I understand the time frame. It can't be forever, but a week is not very long. Yeah, uh, to me, yeah. it should be a month because then you've got, again, for most people where you're waiting for a payday, potentially mm. it will hopefully then have come along. So you've got a chance to order it. So yeah, bit of a shame yeah. there, but. Oh, well. But yeah, the they've is, only they've only gone and done it. They've only gone and done the Skaven battle tome I've been predicting for like a year at this <laughs> yeah, point. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> oh, please, yeah, just bring them all back together. Let them be friends again. They did. It's very good. Yeah, makes sense. Mm. Makes complete sense. There's, uh, yeah. you know, and it, and it and it shows. You know, we've seen it now, obviously, with the Gloom Spite as well, that they're willing to you know amalgamate these factions. Obviously, we did and you know we did it as a discussion topic on an episode, obviously, a while back. And I think clearly they realized that, you know, yeah, we've got, you know, too many, too many little mini factions just <laughs> hanging around. All right, let's, let's bring some together. Let's, you know, let's move them around. I mean, mm. you even see it now on the website. If you go to the yeah. Games Workshop website, you know, things are ordered and much better. Obviously, from a 40K point of view, everything's in Imperium, Chaos, Xenos. And obviously from, you know, the AOS side, it's all in, obviously in the, uh, the Grand Alliances, but it's good now that you, you know, it's just like, Here's here's corn, right? Boom, mm. that's it. You know, I don't want yeah. any of these other yeah. things. Here's elves, okay? Boom. You know, it's not the you know not like here's you know you click on one and there's one model for the whole yeah. faction. You yeah. know, so yeah, no, it's good that they're going that way. So yeah, very mm. exciting. Supposedly they're very good. I mean, I know yeah. that the, I've seen some people the complaining they're too good. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the but fleshy it, 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 looks so good though. I really, I really want to play the one that tried to fly too close to the sun. They're all burned. Uh, <laughs> or the skin or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, you're saying. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I was, I was just saying that it, it's, it's inevitable because obviously they've acknowledged that mm. there's certain battle tomes that are quite out of date now because they're the older style one, and mm. obviously since then we've got endless spells and and things like that. So. 
uh, which ties into something we're going to mention shortly. Mm. Where they obviously revealed they are, <laughs> uh, they are going to do more battle tomes for you know this year. They've sort of yeah. hinted at that every Grand Alliance is going to get some new battle tomes. You know, I, I imagine Sylvaneth, Fire Slayers, mm. yeah. uh, and things like that. So you know, the ones that have got the old, uh, you know, the Overlords, etc. Because mm. obviously, you know, we've seen them done at different levels. Obviously, we now know there's going to be a uh, new Blades of Corn. Yeah. Uh, battle time which yeah. i was surprised at that actually with that to be fair because yeah. obviously the blades of corn got one recently or fairly, fairly recently, recently but i think part of it is that battle tome has the largest amount of errata apparently of any of the battle oh tomes. yeah that would make sense and so like yeah. a lot of things changed for that one specifically in age of sigma second edition so like they they have things like any guy can take any of the artifacts from any of the tables instead of mm. going mortals have this table etc 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 and they had to do all kinds of stuff with it and I feel they can probably consolidate it a little better because as far as I've seen with Blades of Corn people are playing it like one or two ways when it's such a big faction yeah. they should play it so many different ways um, yeah also you can pray to God so much that he gets annoyed and throws an axe at you now. It seems which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they look amazing. <laughs> yeah, we've got the uh, the uh, the corn endless spells now that are bit well that again that have been shown spells off. quotation marks. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, corn obviously, corn magic. doesn't believe it. exactly. So he his equivalent, but which is again mm. is really cool that they've sort of dodged around that because again, why? Yeah. Now you know why shouldn't they? Because obviously, it's now becoming apparent that every faction realistically mm. now is going to get endless spells. Obviously. Yeah. You've got, you've got faction because if, if you think about it logically, you've got the older factions, you know the old, sorry, the older battle tomes mm. like Sylvaneth, for example, which has none of that. Then obviously you've got one, so the, the newer type, i.e., like the mm. Ideneth Deepkin, but don't have endless spells because that wasn't a thing. Then obviously no. you now got, you know, Gloomspite, etc., that have now got mm. all of it. You know, they've got yeah. newer battle yeah. tomes, newer spells, so they're sort of, you know, obviously trying to mm. catch up. And so yeah. I imagine now every new battle tome of a of a previous faction, mm. for example, you will get endless spells with it now. I think yeah. it's just the way it's yeah. gonna be. Which makes I sense. Have, I think yeah. it's great. I have a feeling they're gonna work exactly like endless spells, the Cornate one specifically, which makes me a little sad because I'd like them to be like mechanically different. Not like maybe not necessarily what they do once they're there, but in how they're summoned. Like I think it'd be cool if these were just on the table, you could blood tithe point them in. And you had to pay to keep them there and things like that. But it's yeah probably going to be, you know, pray. And instead of rolling your normal dice, roll 2d6. You have to get this high on the prayer or whatever, which you're casting a spell effectively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's very exciting. Again, it, it, again, it's, it's very, very encouraging that they're willing to do this because I know mm. there's, there's probably people out there think, oh God, not the battle tome that I've got to get. But, <laughs> you know, they've got the, you know, some are, are really out of date. And obviously now that soul wars and aos 2 has really you know pushed things forwards you know a lot mm. of these tomes are, are really out of date and need bringing up and it's yeah. good that they're willing to do that because obviously they you know they, you see it from the 40k side where they're you know obviously all the codex is coming out so no it's really encouraging to see that they're willing to do it so yeah. let's see what else comes out yeah. cool. <laughs> and uh plastic skull taker yep looks good i'm a little confused about the sword the sword looks like he took Archaon's sword <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, again, very cool looking model, mm. and and I think it's good as well because obviously the blades corn and the you know uh, were always one of the you know big factions for ARS mm. because obviously they they were the the chaos 
you know faction that were there to go you know to fight the storm cast and you know when it all kicked off so no it's good that they're now getting a bit more bit of love yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. to speak uh yeah. and talking of getting love uh mm. it was hinted at a while ago and it's been obviously now it, they're coming out is the Idenetickin and maggotkin start collecting boxes yeah are now, are now out which is so good like, very good actually incredible that, boxes yes <laughs> definitely i mean i the from like the deepkin one i think comes with the soul render and mm. which is a good a good character i mean yeah you know you could think maybe you want a tide caster or a soul scryer but no soul render is a a decent mm. one to come with because obviously it then goes nicely with the namati yeah. uh, thralls um and then you get obviously the eels i believe as well don't yeah. you get the yeah get the eels which are which are the, these, their most powerful Incredible. unit. It's the yeah, meta, yeah. It's the meta uh, unit of the Deepkin, so yeah. it makes sense. And then sense. the Magakin is a Lord of Blights, five Putra Blight Kings, and two of the um, Blight Lords, or whatever they're called, the guys on Rotflies who are Blight Kings, not Demons. Um, it's, the sm- it's one of the smallest start collecting boxes. It's only got eight models, but it is very good. That's a, yeah. There's an incredible amount of good stuff in there. <laughs> definitely and and again I, th- I think it's fair you know i think that every army should have a start collecting box because i mean mm. i can understand why obviously there's always a, a slight delay because obviously you know business wise you want you know you're going to release them at full value or, or sorry yeah. full price you know so and obviously but now the deepkin and the, and the maggotkin have been out for a while now so you know mm. and, and we'll obviously see it with gloom spite and obviously any other future things we'll see because eventually daughters of cain yeah well yeah because it's it's only fair i think because Mm. again well particularly daughters of cain i mean that's a very expensive you know financially a very expensive army especially if you're looking at like 90 witch elves and things like that that gets damn expensive so no (laughs) i I think it's it's good that they're doing it and i think it's only fair to you know to everyone really involved Mm. to be honest yeah uh right what is next um storm vault um that's again off the the back of that yeah i i don't know really uh it's it's again it was really um revealed at the that toy fair along with you know combat Mm. arena and a few other things so it says the mortal realms are ripe for adventure filled with hidden treasures to find monsters slay and heroes in search of glory and so basically you can embark on an adventure it's a co-op game for two to five players optional mm. difficulty levels random events uh yeah i mean from what i can see you get about about five miniatures with it uh mm. looking at the photo yeah uh, yeah i get I, I, I don't know is it like it's a cool. warmer quest light i think i yeah. think it's going to be like um what was it Something last year was the Space Marine Adventures game. I think we got one Space Marine from a few chap from a few different chapters. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because yeah. it's also revealed it's- at the Toy Fair, it feels like it might be one of those rules light style mm. board game boxes rather than something complicated like Warhammer. Yeah. Quest. Again, just like Combat Arena, the box art has no reference to Warhammer or Age of Sigma, which again mm. is a you know you got Stormcast right in the front of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Hmm. Interesting choice. Mm. Um, and and then obviously at this same toy fair, they revealed Warhammer Underworld's Dreadfane, which is mm. basically the gateway game to a gateway game. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like a it, well, because if you think that Warhammer Underworlds, you know, Shadespire and Night Vault are mm. obviously a gateway game. I mean, well, they're they're a game in themselves, but yeah. realistically, they're a gateway game into full scale AOS. So this is like a lighter version of that. Mm. So yeah, which is you yeah. know, again, I that's very cool. Again, to me, you're going to see all these in 
you know, book like those sort of bookstores, mm. aren't you, that sell board games, I think, really. I mean, over here in the UK, Waterstones, they'll probably have it. And is it like Barnes mm. & Noble in other countries? I think, you know, it'll be, it'll be places like that that will be selling these as opposed, you know, and then obviously if you want to take it to, yeah. I, you know, to the next level, and I bet you anything, if you get any of these <laughs> sets, you're going to get little leaflets for AOS and oh, yeah, 40K. Absolutely. You'll then get, you'll then have to go to, to Games Workshop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but no, yeah. you know, that's not never a bad thing. No, um, what else we got? What's right, uh, again, um, little one. Just if for anyone interested, uh, if you're a game, you know a, a player of AOS Champions, that's the uh, the AOS mm-hmm. card game that yeah, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I haven't played for a little while, but I really got into. Again, you can play it physically. You can, there's an app for it. Uh, it's now been released on Steam as well. So yeah. if you've been, which mm-hmm. is really good. I mean, I. I've loaded it up. You can then link your account to it. Um, mm. You know, if you play obviously on the app and then obviously if you buy the physical cards, you can scan them on the app to get the card. So, you know, you've got a nice yeah. little, you know, economy work in there. So mm. yeah, mm. if again, if you're into it, it's now out on steam to yeah. play it on the PC, Yeah, which Excellent. is really good. Um, right. Um, they've, Oh yeah, we've got a few more little bits. So oh, there's, they've there's hinted at one, not, not on there. So I'll add that at the end as well. I just oh, realized. Oh, breaking uh, news that I've forgotten breaking about. Breaking news that you um, forgot about. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end of the agency. So session. we got, uh, <laughs> we got forbidden power, which is the, going to be the next narrative. They, I mean, mm. they've not really given too much away about that. They obviously yeah. it, they've, they've hinted that this is going to push the whole soul, soul wars yeah. thing forward. Yeah. So, are we thinking this is going to be like another malign portent sort of thing? Uh, speculations are it might actually be another malign sorcery. Like it might be the oh, next okay. batch of endless spells that like okay. the generic yeah. ones anyone can take because that's been rumored okay. for a while. Uh, but it could be another malign portent leading up to uh, something, the next something. Yeah. Who knows what yeah. it's going to be after Nagash made a death whirlpool and sucked all the death <laughs> yeah. in and did all the death things um yeah okay yeah no i can believe i mean like i said it could be one of the things that, i mean it could be that it could be mm. malign portents type mm. thing it could even be like the like the realm gate books you know those yeah. sort of big yeah. huge uh books that you know the campaign books that came out mm. sort of early aos it could be like a newer version of that uh yeah, that we don't cool. know really yeah. it could be one of we'll find well, out. So it could be something completely different mm. who knows um right next one (laughs) it does yeah it certainly does uh talking of cool art you've got uh war cry now war cry is again we we only been given a tease of it but it's looking like it's going to be the aos version of kill team Mm. uh well it's designed or it's built by some of the people that have worked on kill team obviously we know we've got aos skirmish but that's not quite you know as you know, mm. is detailed and uh, involved as Kill Team. It's a bit more lighter yeah. on that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be anything, but mm. realistically, it, it has I think stuff about like the the Varenspire and the Eight Peaks and things like that. So, I think it might be more chaos themed than yeah. maybe less generic. But I feel it could be cool as a mix between Kill Team skirmish and Warhammer Underworlds, sort of. Fitting yeah. somewhere between those three would be really cool. Yeah, I've, to be fair, if it's straight up kill team, that's also awesome. Yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be the equivalent of it. What? It, I don't think it. I'm not saying it will play exactly the way, but I imagine it will be. Mm. It will become the skirmish version yeah. of yeah. of AOS, even though there is AOS skirmish. I think it's going <laughs> to, you know, like you said, it's going to skirmish is you know a, a you know a 
a light affair. You've got Underworlds if you want like a, a board game type thing with your cards mm. as well. Whereas I think Warcry will be your, you know, your, your bread and butter, you know, a bit more to it. it will, it'll be the, the one that'll have the expansions just like Kill Team. Uh, it could be, a, it could be an are, arena style thing. You know, yeah, the fact that like I yeah. said it's, you know, I think it could be like a, you know, gladiatorial type thing maybe. Uh, who knows? Again, yeah, hopefully they'll yeah. start telling us more about it. But again, very exciting. Mm-hmm, uh, what else we got? We've got the next uh, Warband for War Warhammer yes. Underworlds coming out. We saw it uh, ages ago, actually. Yeah, which is yeah. the the Sylvan. Eth- how, how are we pronouncing that? Atharis. Il, il, yeah, Atharis yeah. Guardians, which is mm. uh, again the Sylvan Eth Warband, which yeah looks very cool. Very Bunch cool indeed. Looks awesome. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So if you, mm. uh, I don't think it's out yet, is it? I think it's it just, no, it's just, no, it's no. coming. It'll be here yeah. sometime soon. Um, okay. So yeah, yep. a couple of things left off the Age of Sigma list on our big thing here. Um, Skaven Warhammer Legends is up. Go get your old mm-hmm. school Skaven sculpts while they're still available. Uh, they got such good things as Queek Headtaker, old Thankwall with his extremely small version of Bone Ripper. Still technically tournament legal. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Deathmaster Snitch and one or two others. Uh, they, they all, honestly, the old Skaven sculpts are super cool. I really love them. I have the old Grey Seer model myself, uh, stashed away nice. somewhere. It's pretty cool. Uh, and the big thing not on here, and I don't blame you for forgetting about it because it's hidden away. Um, Age of Sigma <laughs> RPG had its cover reveal, oh, a bunch of, of information yeah. and, uh, a tentative <laughs> release date of, uh, late 2019 so i think they said q3 was their targeted release date um and the 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 breakdown of the information in general we did a little bit last actual episode i think we talked a wee tad about it um Mm -hmm. basically you're going to be able to play as any of the order races uh as far as we can tell which is awesome like the cover reveal has let's have a quick zoom in it has a kernoth hunter and and uh Ideneth Deepkin Tidecaster, a Stormcast Knight Quester, uh a Caradron Endron Rigger, and a Sigmarite Priest. Uh mm-hmm. and the priest has his little Griffhound. Oh he's so cute. Um <laughs> They've also confirmed you can play as a Skink Star Priest, so at the very least oh, amazing. Skinks are in. Uh don't know if like Saurus will be available, but I hope so, because that's really cool. Um and you'll be starting fairly heroic and going up from there. Like the the idea was yeah. like once your character reaches the end of progression, they'll be part of groups able to fight Mortarks and things like that as enemies, which mm-hmm. is very cool. And yeah. like if you play D anD D, it's like equivalent to starting at fifth level and going through to twentieth. They said, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a big variety of archetypes, but you can customize your character pretty well. And I am super excited for it because yes, <laughs> yeah. please, mm, yes, delicious. definitely. I mean, I well, I hoping that. We'll be able to get somewhere with it from from mm. the show's perspective because I've already when it was announced I already started tapping up the yeah the community guy saying mm. you know don't forget about us when you're <laughs> handing preview copies out because mm. uh, we would love to play it <laughs> wink wink yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so you know regardless we'll I think again similar to like what we did with Wrath and Glory we'll we'll play we'll play yeah. it at some point whenever it gets oh, released yeah. absolutely. So, th- so yeah there is there is one mystery they say you can play as a realms walker and no one knows what that Ooh. is. Um, oh, okay. So all, all kinds of cool things. Uh, and it's going to start out as only order, but later down the line, they might introduce books where you can play as chaos or destruction or death or whatever. So that'll also yeah. be cool. Excellent. Uh, I'm excited. More cool stuff. Mm. Um, and to, and to be fair, Cubicle Seven, who's the 
the company that makes mm. it they they support the fourth edition warhammer fantasy yeah. rpg that yeah. obviously came out they support that really well they're always working on more stuff for that so mm. the good thing is like really you said that too at some point that, yeah, that, yeah i must admit I, i'm looking out for it when it's on sale every time i'm like is mm. it on sale yet no yeah. is it on sale let yet know. <laughs> let me know <laughs> so yeah no but the point i trying to make is they they support that game mm. really well so i imagine they'll do the same with the aos yeah. version as well yeah, absolutely cool uh shall we move on to the horus heresy news mm. yes so, right so Yes, what have we, we got? have some we have some new space wolf stuff. We have um Yep. We have Fat Bastard the, the Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know it's one of those things. I mean again, if you've not for mm. anyone that may not have seen is that Haval Redblade. Yeah. As soon as there was a lot <laughs> generated a lot of Fat Bastard memes on the internet. <laughs> and it's one of those weird situations when mm. it is isn't it great when you all see the same joke. Because yeah. like for example, when I first saw him, my head said fat bastard out of austin powers and you know sometimes you think of something and you feel like you're the only person that thinks yeah, that but then yeah. when you go online everyone's the thought the same you think, and you're thinking yeah. oh great we I'm all normal. think the same then <laughs> yeah i'm normal yeah <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. it's interesting i feel he's maybe a little overdone like the i, I think it's the thing with forge world and the horus heresy series is this the face is very different to like 40k stuff because they have a yep. different style but he feels a little off when I look at him. It's not just it's not just the fat bastard resemblance. I swear. Do you but think? Or, do you think also it's the painting? Because the Forge World, be world painting can be very odd mm, at times on yeah. some of their. Well, you know, it's obviously I they're think, using different people. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just because they don't stick to the the Games Workshop primary style, which is super yeah. neat and super sharp. Like I don't, I yeah. don't dislike the Forge World style. It's very no, painterly. No, no, no. It's more expressive, but. It yep. doesn't work so well for these, like, close-up display shots, I think is the problem. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the second part of the problem is, please let me put a helmet on him, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me hide that face <laughs> that only a mother could love. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, very yeah, good. Along- alongside with him are the Death Sworn, who are much cooler looking. Um, they are... <laughs> yes, thank space goodness. <laughs> wolf- they are pre-Wolfen. They are Space Wolves on the way to becoming Wolfen, and they've locked themselves in Mark III armor with stasis grenades, and I'm here for yep. it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those sort of units where I think, where could I justify buying these? Because I just, mm. I love them, but I'm like, well, I don't collect Space Wolves, though. Like, what could I, you know, you're thinking, I want to own these, but I don't know where I can fit them in, but I'm sure there is somewhere. <laughs> they are are pretty rad yeah yes they are indeed um so yeah continuing with the heresy like i mentioned in the hobby section titan death is now out as audio because there was slight delay with that because to be fair usually Mm. when the new horus heresy novels out the the audio version is very close whereas there's a slight delay with this one but yeah it's obviously out now and the last heresy book i.e the last one before Mm. the siege of terror switch happens uh the buried dagger which is all about yes. the death guard you know falling yes. to nurgle is out <laughs> and the audio version i think is coming out very soon as well yeah uh, i again i'm gonna get this oh yeah soon. i need to I, i'm gonna jump this, I'm, this week <laughs> yeah, probably it's, <laughs> it's we'll got see. you written all over it i think yeah oh absolutely <laughs> so, um, yeah definitely yeah absolutely um cool so, shall we continue with the last scraps of news uh, before yep. I my brain breaks because I think I just remembered another thing I should yell about. Um, 
So, what's happening with Warhammer Fest 2019, Matthew? Tell the people. Yes, yes, it's over here in the UK. I think it's, you know, the equivalent of what used to be Games Day over here. Mm. And, yeah, it's in, from off the top of my head, it's May 11th and 12th, I believe, whatever the Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday is around yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we remember it ourselves here from the last one because, obviously, that's where we covered the breaking Mm. news of last year's Warhammer Fest, you know, (laughs) as it was happening on the show, which was really cool. And one of our most popular episodes from memory as well. So yeah. And the good thing is I'm going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Where's where's all the cheers? I mean, (laughs) yeah, no, no jokes aside. I'm going to be there on the, on the Sunday. And so are some of our discord people as well. There's a, I think four of us that are meeting up on the mm. day which is really cool i'll get to meet some of the guys on our discord which i'm really looking forward to i i think i'm le- equally looking forward to that as much as going to the <laughs> event as well just because it'd be great meeting the people you speak to regularly so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah you know they'll I, I think from from what i know obviously a lot of the reveals will be happening mainly on the saturday and then the sunday is obviously more about the painting so that's where the golden mm. demon mm. event will happen uh i think we've you know, through discussion, we we decided to go on the Sunday because it's a bit more quieter. You know, you mm. get to see a bit yeah. more. Whereas yeah. obviously the Saturday will be the the crazy day. So, uh, you know, I'll I'll remind people near the time that you know if you see me around, I'll <laughs> do something. I'm I'm tempted to get a Realm and Ruin T shirt yes, for the day, you should. and just so <laughs> so if and I'll be the only one wearing it. So if you see me, you know, if you see a Realm and Ruin T shirt, I with our logo on it, that'll be mm. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'll. Uh, so yeah, if anyone want, you know, near the time. You know, so once say hi, I'll be there, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to it. So excellent, yeah. That's that's Warhammer Fest. Um, now let's go to Warhammer Fest to Warhammer Horror. Yeah. Obviously, this is something they hinted at a while ago that they're going to do a horror sort of you know selection of novels, mm. and yeah. they're looking on the horizon now. So you've got um, Maledictions, which is a little mm-hmm. anthology of short stories. Uh, you've got a novel called The Wicked and the Damned, and then an mm-hmm. audio drama, which is uh, Predictions, or pe- sorry, Predictions Flame. It's, yeah. All looks yeah. very cool. I can't I wait for these. I believe one of those is already up for pre-order, actually. I think it's Wicked and the Damned, I think. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading those. I love me a bit of horror. Um, so, yeah. finishing off the segment as fast as I can. Uh, Am- <laughs> Ambots are up for pre-order for Necromunda. They're a Yay. plastic kit, which I don't think anyone yes. saw coming. Uh, no, which is awesome. Uh, they look really cool. They look like they might actually be decently modular as well. So, um, if you're interested, have fun with those. Now, this is important. This month's White Dwarf has the Index Imperial Assassins, and there is an interesting thing. <laughs> Matt, oh, I, I know. know. What you're say. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I read it on the Discord. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> so, um, Imperial Assassins are now absolutely incredible. They're awesome. They don't even take mm-hmm. up detachment slots because there's a stratagem that, for one CP in match play or three CP in open or narrative, uh, lets you summon in one as long as you've got requisition points set aside. They all cost the same points, so that doesn't yep, matter. Eighty-five. Yep. Yeah, which is great because it lets you custom summon which one. Uh, depending on who you're facing. So it's actually going to be great for tournaments, I feel. Um, yep, definitely. Now, you can only use this stratagem if your warlord has the Imperium keyword. There is an <laughs> issue here, because now, for one command point, you can take an Imperial Assassin in a Chaos Space Marine's army. Because How'd you do that? Because Cypher, 
Cypher has the Imperium and Chaos keywords. <laughs> and so if he's the warlord, he gets to summon an assassin to join the bad guys. And I'm like, ah, ah freaking oh. out. Even Look, even if this gets FAQ'd out of existence into oblivion, yeah. which I feel it probably will, I'm yeah, going to will. have to set aside some time, write some narrative play missions where as long as you have Cypher, you get an Imperial Assassin. <laughs> and also, I kind of really wanted to convert four demon models to represent them, because like Corn for Eversaw, obviously. Zeech yeah. for Kalidus, obviously. Nurgle, you go for Kalexus for, like, the waves of nausea and disgustingness instead of, yeah. like, anti-Psychonus. And then, for Slaanesh, you have the Vindicare, always looking for the perfect, perfect execution of a shot. I feel it yeah. fits really well, <laughs> and look, if it doesn't get FAQ'd out, no one can stop me. <laughs> no one can stop They're me They're not going to withhold your fun, are they, Cameron? No. <laughs> and going to walk fair, in, it, slam it down. This is my fun. I want this now. Yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> I, to be fair, it's quite fitting because if anyone that's read Nemesis, which is mm. I think the 13th heresy novel, which is all based around assassins, where there's basically a group of assassins trying to kill Horus, but then mm. they've got to deal with a, another assassin that's trying to kill the Emperor, which mm. is a demonic assassin called mm. Spear, from memory. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, there's no, no reason why... <laughs> Your dream cannot happen. <laughs> Narratively, just, I anyway. <laughs> I can't believe that this has happened. And I understand how it happened, because I don't think anyone thinks about Cypher very much. No, they like, don't. Like, outside. Fair. They think about it's him in the narrative term. I don't think yeah. many people take him as an actual model to be played. No, so I, I don't think they do. I understand that this got overlooked, but at the same time, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. It is. It's, and I want everyone some... to go to a tournament with their Chaos Space Marine army and bring assassins. Yeah. Yeah, Please. tell me where I can't have this. <laughs> he's got the Imperial oh. keyword, he's allowed to use the stratagem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what so, it says. So Play cool. as written. <laughs> now, that is that is very cool indeed. Like I said, I did chuckle when I, re- I woke up this morning mm. and read that. So, yeah, that's very yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, right, okay, that's been... We're caught up on the news. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> after, after all that. So we're going to take, uh, which will be our last break, because like I said, there might be a discussion topic. So we'll go into our main section after the break, where we're going to talk about some grots and gits. Oh, Back yeah. soon. And we are back for the main Lord topic of this episode. Which, like you said earlier, is the Gloom Spike Gits. Uh, we're not doing the whole tome, like we said earlier, because that can be a bit too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're trying to I learn mean, from our mistakes. <laughs> have you been listening to the last two hours? We've already done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So, so yeah. So, like I said, we're going to basically do uh, a little bit of background on the Gloom Spike Gits, like a general overview mm. uh, that's out of the battle tome, and then we're going to cover, like I said, the new slash updated units like the eye yeah. law behind them and yeah. that'll be it basically so just give you a good snapshot of what the gits are about mm. so let's start with it let's start with the rise of the the gloom spike gits so you know as we know green skins such as oryx and grots have always been around you know, since the dawn of time <laughs> <laughs> even since the you know the age of myth uh even sigmar himself you know coming across them trying to you know as he was trying to raise human society you know with which basically ended up with the you know all the different green skin races being driven to the wilds and you know roaming etc but you know as we know 
greenskins, regardless of where they are, they still maintain their power and yeah, obviously their cunning as well throughout all the years and all the ages of time. That never changes. So in contrast to these, you know, a lot of these green skin tribes that, like I said, they were roaming and basically just causing destruction wherever they went. The Moon Clan and the Spider Fang, uh, Spider Fang Grots fled to the real dark and dank and dingy parts of the mortal realms. They sort of just gravitated towards them. And as we know, these Grots, they're not big, they're not tough, but like, we, like I said a second ago, they're always very cunning. That's just the way they are. They're very devious creatures, you know, who you know, use that obviously to their advantage and obviously includes, most importantly, looking after themselves. Look after number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so during the, you know, for example, like during the, the age of chaos, all the wars that were going on at that time, they were basically busy hiding away from the sunlight because they don't like sunlight, basically. It damages yeah. them. They just don't yeah. like it. So basically, they were busy hiding away underground. Uh, and this obviously led to them basically worshipping the bad moon, which hence where mm. they get the name Moon Clan Grots from. Uh, we'll talk about the bad moon uh, in in a bit. So this, as part of the way that the Grots work, this led to a, a manif- manifestation of sorts of their... Their, bo- their boogeyman, which is basically known as Glareface Frazzlegit. Uh, again, all part of that thing. They don't like light. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, depending on which grot you speak to, you can be seen as a, a cruel star or a ball of light, depending on which way, and I said, which way mm. you, uh, you look at it. And so, uh, so it made sense for them to go into hiding. And obviously, by going into hiding, they do what they do best. They breed their squ- all the various weird and wonderful varieties of squigs uh, and started harvesting and cultivating mushrooms. Mm. Uh, like the, you know, in contrast to the Moon Clan, the Spider Fan, Spider Fan Grots uh, were, are not really interested in to the lovely parts of the realms as well because nah, it's all nice and you know beautiful we don't want all that sort of stuff so <laughs> it made it so uh but obviously instead of you know cultivating mushrooms and things like that they decided to ride big lovely arachnids instead so these arachnids thrive in the in these dank conditions that they're used to so it made sense for the spider fan grots to you know live side by side with these uh, arachnids Ooh, yeah so you know, like we're talking like photid jungles and these these horrible dank swamplands, which is uh, which sounds delightful. Mm. So, as expected, trogoths uh, also thrive in the horrible parts of these realms, uh, but they sort of do things slightly differently. They like to wait for the time to come to you know to approach the surface. Basically, you know, they they they, they play the long game. They're a bit in a gash like they they like no 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 rush. I'll come up when needed. So that's basically what the trogos do. They're busy lurking in swamps, uh, sleeping in like mushroom caves and things like that. So uh, leading on again, talking about the the age of chaos. So through the age of chaos, whilst again the wars were going on, uh, the grots basically created little caverns, little shanty towns that were lit up by fungus and things like that. And they basically carried on again breeding all these weird and wonderful squigs, <laughs> uh, which didn't always go well for them sometimes because by creating these little 
these little this network of places underground this would often mean they would disturb like skaven burrows and fire slayer fire holds uh which obviously when you're you're, you know you're smashing through your neighbor's wall so to speak (laughs) um that would often lead to fights so obviously sometimes you would see whole lots of grots getting taken out by the skaven or the fire slayers or whoever else they came across uh but on the flip side is if the grots won the, the particular battle they would have a new lurk there to uh, mm. to inhabit basically if and you know ever expand their network <laughs> so uh <laughs> sometimes as well as as well as obviously coming across the skaven sometimes they the moon clan would come across their you know their spider fang cousins in their brood nests and all and trog holes and things like that <laughs> which would obviously lead to fighting as well because again you know they like to squabble so to speak <laughs> but they realized that deep down you know they got a lot of predators out there and you know, like i said they're, they're not big they're not tough so they decided like let's come together as a collective that you know as one big force uh, and this is basically how the first sort of gloom spite hordes were formed basically off the back of the moon clan the spider fang who were busy like trading in like fungi and potions they were swapping poisons and things like that obviously from like the arachnids for example and basically by finding this common goal they would drive out their you know their predators as a collective so yeah would you like to lead on cameron yeah now like all good greenskins, Gloomspite gets worship. Gorkamorka hears the father of all green, all things green. Obviously, praise be Gorkamorka. Um, <laughs> so uh, he is he is typically separated into Gork and Mork. His uh, brutally cunning and his cunningly brutal sides. Uh, you know, he's the thunder of drums, the crunch of knuckles in flesh, roar of avalanche, the crack of fangs through bone. He's this primal destructive wave that one day. He'll destroy everything civilized in existence with, by leading the greatest war that's ever been seen. Uh, and, you know, everyone watches him in a slightly different way. Uh, for the Gloom Spite in particular, though, Gorkenbocker is embodied by the Bad Moon. And <laughs> we gotta love this Bad Moon. It's just this enormous, weird celestial object. It's got this sickly light uh, that actually causes fungus called loon caps to sprout everywhere the light touches. And, uh, it sort of drives normal people insane because it's, it's, it's a bit Legend of Zelda, you know? The moon's just looking at you, grinning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately for everyone else, uh, it is about as powerful as the Gloom Sight gets claim it to be. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're currently in the Age of Sigma. We're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a portentous time. Things are rough. We Magic's are. gone crazy. There are omens everywhere. Uh, Nagash and Sigma are fighting over souls. Uh, and while all this is going on, all these weird astrological phenomena and conjunctions are happening. And through the middle of this, the Bad Moon is just streaking across the skies of all the realms, going absolutely nuts, going wherever it wants, completely randomly. Uh, and you know, it's always done that, but now it's going faster and it's going to weirder places and it's going everywhere. It's driving people insane. Um, and some people think this because of the endless spells and wherever endless spells are going wild, the bad moon feels drawn there, uh, to sort of partake in this sort of arcane nonsense and destruction. Other <laughs> people, other people are like, well, no, it's Gork and Walker. He's a bit bored, but he doesn't have a real stake in the soul wars. So he's just hurling the bad moon around to cause chaos and destruction <laughs> uh which is not bad uh some people are like no no the bad moon itself is just eating all the souls of people who die uh in certain areas like well uh, it could be any of these who knows um the important part is wherever it goes the gloom spike gets 
get very excitable. <laughs> um, <laughs> they do indeed. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that happens is all the squigs and all the spiders sense it's coming. It's like it's like uh, dogs and cats knowing an earthquake's about to happen. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. All your squigs and all your spiders start going a little loony. Uh, they get snappy and aggressive, even more so aggressive. I guess I should say they're not usually that calm. Uh, and then all the shamans start have vi- start having visions. They chant and they mumble. They uh, get like a Joker like grin stuck on their face. And, you know, as the moon draws ever closer, they actually start mooning their fellow grots, which is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, you know, at this point, the whole tribe's into it. There are drums thumping. Everyone's agitated and fractious. And something called the Gloom Spite comes over all of the Gloom Spite kids. It's where they get their names. Because mm-hmm. as, as the bad moon sort of flies over the surface of the mortal realms, all its ensorcelled energy crackles deep into the ground, into the caves below and sort of energizes all these grots and all these squigs and all these spiders and all these trolls, and kind of in the same way our moon draws the ocean up in tides, uh, the bad moon's presence draws tides of gloom spike gits out of their caverns, all these millions and millions of grots and all these trogoths and squigs and <laughs> arachnids and even some gargants uh, sort of pour up out of the deep places. <laughs> Uh, and as it draws overhead, it changes the environment as well. Everything gets clammy and dank. Uh, loon storms appear, which are like crazy thunderstorms that fill the skies with random pieces of cloud and gravity changes, like bits of the earth get pulled up into the air or crushed down by these weird fluctuations with the actual gravity of the realms. Uh, and of course, loon cap, fungus, uh, the mushrooms, which smell awful apparently, spout on <laughs> Every surface the light touches, whether it be stone, soil, metal, flesh, or bone. Uh, and, of course, that's that's dis- disconcerting enough as it is before millions and millions of goblins pour out of the holes in the ground and start <laughs> just... Uh, they're, they're suddenly not cowardly anymore, is the concerning part. Uh, they're usually quite self-serving and quite, like, I come first no matter what. But when the gloom spite's on them, they go feral basically yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they tear down cities they trample temples and they seek to stab entire nations or even gods in the back because they believe if they are savage and cunning enough the bad moon will be impressed and stop in place over them and will bring in a sacred age called the everdank where this perpetual <laughs> moist twilight this perpetual moist devourment <laughs> covers the surface world and basically turns all of existence into one giant cave uh <laughs> which is pretty, pretty good <laughs> yeah oh, god and the art in this book is so good by the way i just got it say, really is that it is the, this spread with the storm cast mm. <laughs> uh but like i said we we gotta go into a bit more detail about the bad moon it's you know it's mm-hmm. such a big focus of the the gloom spike gets it's so basically it's made of a a weird material called loonstone, mm. which is basically now formed into this sort of malevolent uh, planetoid type thing. Basically, which, like we said, brings bad omens to basically everyone apart from obviously the grots themselves. It mm. <laughs> it frenzies them. <laughs> so there's basically a story said by the the grot shamans that in the age of myth, Gork and Morka took a bite of a tasty looking moon that went by, <laughs> by basically, go, by, I love this story, by going to the top of the highest mountain. So basically, so I, I when the moon's going past, you just go, oh, and take a bite of it. <laughs> Unfortunately for Gork and Morka, it didn't go so well. Uh, the, 
the moon was incredibly tough. Uh, tusks broke off out of Gorkamorka's mouth uh, due to its toughness and then this basically infused the bad moon with the power of Gorkamorka and also (laughs) key thing to know especially if you're a modern day grot Mm. no grots are allowed to eat the moon okay it was only Gorkamorka that was allowed to do that okay so if you've got any ideas of doing that the shamans have said you're not allowed to do it <laughs> uh but that's i mean that's one only one of many stories uh there was another story where he where gorkamorka basically leapt in you know leapt mm. into a lake because mm. he saw the moon's reflection in it and then basically the combination of the waves smashing uh basically infused his power with the real moon then uh mm-hmm. you've got another story again where the moon is a warship that the, the, the gorkamorka came into the mortal realms riding upon which mm. sounds amazing on a, a moon-shaped <laughs> warship. Uh, uh, or there's another story again where basically the moon is all the the spirits of all the various grot shamans that are out there basically mm. manifested, uh, you know, in it together basically. But, you know, they got, there's 101 different stories of where it's mm. come from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, in contrast, the spider fang, because like, that's obviously the moon, the moon clan side of mm. the the gloom spite, but the the spider fang basically worship the greater spider god, who is said to have bit Gorkamorka on the foot, and that's how it got its power. <laughs> nice and easy, yep, simple yep. as that. That's how you get that's how you get godly like power. It's all it's all involved biting. Yeah, in this. <laughs> uh, Sigma's in con- teeth. <laughs> exactly, that's where it come from. That is where that <laughs> saying come from by Sigma's teeth. <laughs> Also, the spider fang believe that the bad moon is actually just one big giant spider egg sack, yeah. um, which which one day will burst and a tidal wave of spiders will come along and just basically, you know, take out the whole realm, which I think is uh, a lovely and scary thought at the same time. Um, yes, so, so basically, whatever the story is, the moon clan grots use it to create violence in its name, basically, in the name of the bad moon. And the odd, you know, this odd phenomenon that, that is the, the gloom spite, which Cameron was saying about a second ago, basically bringing the hordes to the surface is a real threat to the mortal mm. realms. The bad moon, you know, changes randomly all the time. You know, the mm. time, the location, the, even its size, it can wax and wane. Uh, its colour can change. You know, the leering face, you could be looking at it one minute, look again you know do a double take and then all of a sudden it's changed its face <laughs> maybe giving you you know giving you a wink who knows mm. uh which obviously has led to the green skins basically believing that this, this is the many faces of Gorkamorka. Mm-hmm. just to add to the the craziness there's a a big lump of rock a, you know basically a satellite that's hurling very fast around the bad moon uh which is supposed to be said to be it's you know over eager pet squig because <laughs> why not <laughs> um there's also other claims that it's basically gorka morka's mace or his fist uh so basically circling around so it can smash other sort of <laughs> celestial bodies out the way <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, or there's even a theory that the moon and the satellite are gork's head and mork's body or vice versa depending mm. which way you look at it who knows yeah uh that but also, it's also believed that to be a Moon Clan chieftain who conquered eight mountains, and that's believed by the nosebiter hordes of the Pointy Claws yeah. mountain range. Hey, so it's scarce. They believe a lot. He of made them. it <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they made. You know. <laughs> so yeah, interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, the big thing about Bad Moon is it is it is truly random. Like no one's been able to figure out why it 
why or how or where it's going when it just wanders drunkenly like a punch-drunk Moonclan fanatic through the cosmos. <laughs> it barges aside other celestial bodies. It turns prophecies and auguries into this disarrayed clutter. Uh, whenever it fills out the sky, it doesn't block out just light with its presence. It also blocks out hope and rational thought uh, in the people who are covered in its light. Like, as as much as it incites all the grots and all the spiders and the trogoths with um with this gloom spite emotional surge this energy that they're getting it also like <laughs> drives regular people mad it makes them feel hopeless uh it makes them you know unable to think properly and you know it drives you mad you know you spout nonsense rhymes or you babble in dead languages of course sometimes you just erupt into a mountain of fungus uh that of starts growing out of your body because that's awful um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course the Gloom Spite love all this. They're really energized by it because the big thing about the Bad Moon is when the Bad Moon is there, Glareface Frazzlegit is not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it blocks out the sun for them. So they like insects swarming out from beneath a rotten log. They scuttle out from a cracking crevice to wreak havoc. Uh, but every great Gloom Spite leader isn't doing violence for violence's sake. They want to be, of course, like I said earlier, the one who the visionary backstabber. <laughs> Who gets to usher in the Everdank? <laughs> yeah. um, it's said that bad, that the Bad Moon can recognize and reward leaders with enough vision to foresee its erratic course and offer up sacrifices as it passes overhead. Uh, lots of loom bosses and web spinner shamans have claimed to feel the clammy hand upon them, meaning they possess the Bad Moon's blessings. Few have ever said so truthfully, but there's one abroad who is genuinely loon touched. He is Scragrot, <laughs> the self-proclaimed loon king. <laughs> who is the Bad Moon's most powerful champion because in the time of tribulation, so the time of malign importance, he actually figured out a way to predict the Bad Moon's passage. Um, yes. Uh, as an a slight aside on the next page here, um, he has a little sub-realm. Like, he has a realm gate guarded by trolls that yeah. <laughs> goes to this little, like, sub-realm that he's- it's his asylum. Because what he's done is yep. he's kidnapped all the seers who went bat mad and malign portents, infected them with mushrooms, and, like, listens to all their rantings to try and predict <laughs> where it, the bad moon's going. <laughs> but he's, he's sort of kept them in, like, a slight little prison, though, isn't it, really? Mm. He sort of just, mm. He's just sort of imprisoned them, don't they? He calls them, is it scry seers or scry shrooms? Um, no, scry, scry shrooms. shrooms. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he, he taps them on the head with his infamous staff, the moon on a stick, um, and infects <laughs> them with fungus, and they turn fully like their full body becomes a mushroom <laughs> with just a little human face stuck on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is awful oh amazing <laughs> but we we got to talk about scragrot oh, yeah. uh obviously because oh, yeah. we're now we're now going to move into all that like i said all the different new new and slash updated units and all their mm-hmm. lore so we'll, we'll start with scragrot the loon king uh he's from an, an unknown origin and it's deliberately been kept that way so no asking, all right? Otherwise, <laughs> bad things will happen to you. Uh, basically, he was seen emerging, leading the gloom, uh, the gloom spite uh, from a place called Aladar. Uh, that day, the blue, the bad moon spoke in his sleep. He woke up covered in lo- in slime and insects, and basically a fungal crown was basically coming out of his brain, uh, and he had a, a skull-handed, oh, sorry, a skull-headed wand in one hand and a bad loon boss fungus top staff in the other. Uh, 
And this was seen as a basically a big prophecy to rule all the Moon Clan Grots by the Bad Moon. Uh, Grots obviously looked to him as their leader, or otherwise mm. they faced the consequences of, uh, of doing so. <laughs> uh, basically, his crown has, has given him powers to match the greatest shamans and in the whole realm, and also his obviously, as you would imagine, his cunning and deviousness has basically increased. You know, in mm. folds. Mm. Uh, there's a place called uh, Scrapper's Bill, which is basically mm. this huge rubbish heaps sorry rubbish heap that's like the size of a mountain basically mm, uh, which mm. has become his stronghold uh, which he got after defeating the, the sort of various humans and Dwardin that were guarding it and basically now it's in the, the now sort of twilight realm of, uh, of Ayadar mm. uh, great victory as you can imagine and obviously which is great <laughs> for the Grots because you know they're not always used to <laughs> great victories yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, he didn't sit on his laurels. He's like, no, I'm not going to just, you know, just hang about, you know, predicting the bad moon once again, you know, would obviously cement his position as, as the herald of the, the Everdank. So he mm. ba- began basically working on the, uh, the lunatic asylum. <laughs> I love that name. Uh, using his, his skull wand and obviously the captive seers that, you know, that Cameron was just talking about in, mm. in combat, basically in conjunction with each other. He then basically predicted the bad moon another four times, which obviously wow. led to more power because obviously each prediction providing a gloom spike victory. So, you know, mm. he's worked his way to the top, literally. So, yeah. Yeah. God. That's impre- I like I like just this little turn of phrase. He knew better than to rest on his laurels, lest someone strangle him with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Like I said, it's dog eat dog. It's or grot eat grot. You know, yeah, that's how it works. Grot <laughs> Squig eat squigs or squig eats <laughs> yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, he's, he's got to watch out. All those loon bosses are coming after him. Yeah, uh, tell me which, more. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it takes three things for a moon clan grot to become a loon boss: luck, cunning. And a willingness to murder anyone who gets in your way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's not all about overtly being the strongest. A single well-placed knife between someone's shoulder blades is worth a dozen sets of knuckles to the teeth in Grot Society. Proving your cunning as well as strong is very important. However, loom bosses do tend to be the biggest, meanest, most violent Grots around. They have this position of authority. They've got fair bit of brawn for a grot on them like you know they could maybe mm, beat a human yeah. in an arm wrestle uh and really <laughs> realistically this means they get all the best stuff uh they get the best war gear they get all the magical shinies and if they're so inclined they can pick the best squeak to ride upon um they they usually wear <laughs> suits of heavy armor that have been beaten into shape by enslaved smiths from other species uh and <laughs> rubbed with all manner of lucky fungi by the shamans Lucky them. Uh, <laughs> oh, lucky them. Uh, moon-shaped helmets are all the rage, apart from looking, <laughs> making you look dead fighty and like a proper loon. They're also a good symbol of authority. Um, <laughs> it, it's a part of this thing where when grots are in the gloom spite, they will just unconsciously obey anything that looks like the bad moon. So the shape of the helmet is actually very important for giving orders. Um, which, yeah, yeah fair. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they usually use uh, short swords called moon cutters or a big pole arm called a moon slicer. Uh, they're pretty strong and tough. Uh, they have a phenomenal repertoire of tricks up their sleeves, though, in case they're not quite strong or tough enough. You know, lots of them feign injury or distract enemies at key moments. They have hidden knives. They drop stalactites on their enemies' heads or fling handfuls of scaldy scratch spores into their foes' <laughs> eyes. Pocket sand. Uh, <laughs> they always have a way to even the playing field long enough so that they can duck out of harm. 
certain loon bosses are renowned in Grot folklore for their unorthodox, ta- unorthodox tactics or weird peccadillos. Uh, loon boss Wingle from the Boom Splatter tribe, for example, favors bombarding the enemy with exploding fungi and pots of buzzing squiggle bees before the attack truly begins. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Snark Git Beta has such a capacity for irritating his enemies with inane songs and insults that he can draw even the most steel-wheeled foe into an ambush. While, <laughs> oh god, this one, uh, while Loon Boss Block of Chunder Peak delights in literally <laughs> drowning his enemies in Trogoth vomit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Um, and of course, there are some loon bosses who aren't quite right in the head, and these are the <laughs> yeah. ones that ride mangler squigs. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are, they are considered generally to be a couple of squidgens short of a flock, but they're no less cunning for all that, and as they cling, screaming to their madly bounding steeds, <laughs> they still have these devious battle plans they manage to put into place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Between the boss's plans and the mangler squig's sheer bulk, they often achieve victory, actually. It's impressive. <laughs> God, I, I love Grot so much. <laughs> <laughs> There's so such a good battle time. It really, really is. Oh. Uh, weird and wonderful. And oh. talking of weird and wonderful, let's talk mm. about the Gobapalooza. Love that Oh, name. yeah. Yeah, so, best festival to go to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so basically these are responsible for providing uh wanted or sometimes unwanted advice to the various moo clan leaders uh basically they're a collective of loon priests wise grots shamans etc so mm. when the gloom spike you know takes them all over they enter these sort of this trance like euphoria uh babbling uh there's <laughs> including fungal transformations in some cases uh and even some cases they end up vanishing <laughs> for, yeah yeah for reasons uh, so uh obviously the main advantage to having this very weird collective of grots uh apart from obviously the fact that their various brews that they make make them very resi- resilient is the fact that they mm. obviously possess very unique skills so they basically a gobpalooza is the sort of name of the of a collection of these but what you find is even though it can be random there's sort of some sort of archetypes that keep appearing through you know through gob you know all the various gobapaloozas that are out there so you've got the the scaremongers uh, that mm-hmm. basically dress up as Glareface, you know, the frazzle git, <laughs> uh, riding squig skulls to basically, rep- uh, to basically represent, uh, boing gob, which is the gob beast that tried to eat Taish and got burnt for doing so. <laughs> uh, they're base, they're basically responsible for creating like a supernatural fear. Uh, you got the brew gits, which basically bring magic potions, create, you know, creating great, but sort of short term effects. You've got mm. the spikers who basically, get venoms and they use it to uh you know coat grot weapons and basically mm. poke enemies with their lovely scorpa squig stingers <laughs> uh you've got the the boggle eyes which are basically mm-hmm. responsible or prone to hypnotizing friend and foe uh ba- you know <laughs> including making them squawk like a you know like a chicken or in some cases <laughs> soil themselves uh mm. and then lastly you've got the the shroomancers which uh mm-hmm. basically use their magic to cause you know fungi to come alive <laughs> in in a manner yeah. of speaking yeah so i love those ones so much because they're, they're the ones that the only reason it works is because they're tripping off their brain that yeah, they're, they're insanely high yeah and so all exactly. their visions are coming to life it's such a good model too like it's they the are snotlings with mushroom heads poking <laughs> in with sticks and things oh 
so good. They're amazing. <laughs> they really are. They're just such a weird collection. They're great. So mm-hmm. grot. So grot. So grot. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> while, while we're at it, uh, all these mushrooms have to come from somewhere. So... This is where a brand new unit comes in. I love these guys. These are the sneaky snufflers. <laughs> uh, so, as as we've as we've mentioned before, the Bad Moon's arrival is sort of preceded by a flourishing of all these loon cap mushrooms all over, uh, varying from the size of a thumbnail to the height of a mighty iron oak. These glowing mushrooms spread thick and fast throughout the Moon Clan caverns, even up to the surface world. Uh, these mushrooms are sort of omens of the bad moon's approach, and grots love them. They're really good for potions. They're as well. They are also a chewy snack that makes you really violent Mm-mm. and dangerously self-confident. Um, <laughs> now the first creatures that can sniff out that loon claps, loon caps are beginning to grow are snuffle squigs. Um, these are basically so a squig normally is just a set of teeth and legs. Uh, a snuffle squig. <laughs> is a massive nose with a set of teeth and legs. <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, they have very good senses uh, when it comes to sniffing out mushrooms. They can be well-trained to root out useful mushrooms while turning up those that can turn a grot to vomit slime, break out in luminous yellow spots, babble uncontrollably, burst into flames, or, you know, any other alarming side effect. The snuffle squeak can say, no, not these ones. I want the good mushrooms. Uh, they're, they're basically a truffle pig. Yeah, so it's basically, yeah. Um, (laughs) Now, only the most enterprising Moon Clan grots get in on this. They catch themselves a snuffle squig, they train it up, they tie it up, and they use it to hunt down the best shrooms for the shaman's pot. And, you know, while they're at it, they usually find a lot of -of out-of-the-way tunnels to sneakily sneak in, hence the name (laughs) Sneaky Snufflers, uh, behind (laughs) enemy lines and into enemy strongholds and things like that. Uh, And... Uh, like I, like I said earlier, the squigs and spiders know when the bad moon's about to show up. Uh, and in particular, the snuffle squigs raise their wrinkled snouts and howl. Uh, they and the sneaky snufflers are usually first out of the tunnels, hunting for loon shrooms. Um, you know, they'll murder anyone who gets between them and a particularly ripe crop. Because it turns out, being a sneaky snuffler is incredibly uh, valuable. You, you get to live a pretty good <laughs> life as a grot uh, if you perform this service. Uh, you know, they usually... They have, like, these cages on their back. They gather up these masses of fungus. And as the battle goes on, sometimes nearby grots will yell for a snack in the middle of a fight. And so the snufflers will dole out handfuls of these highly toxic fungi to their friends and just watch the <laughs> resulting lunacy, which is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Ah, well, let's keep on this uh, squig train. Mm. Let's talk about the squig herds. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, as uh, Cameron was alluding to, you know, let's describe the look of a squig. They're spherical. Mm. They're half human, yeah. half fungus, and they go up to the <laughs> you know up to the size the human chest height. Uh, they yeah. got squat, muscular legs, red eyes with the biggest teeth that can basically crush through everything. So they're mm. you know they're a delight. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so so for, you know their origin is they're either basically bred in underground mazes or herded with prodders, uh, which obviously mm. you know some grots end up at getting eaten, but you know it can be worth it. You know it's uh, the sacrifice they're willing to give. <laughs> but basically, you know the squig herds are basically good for for either eating or battle. You know and and basically mm. when it comes to battle, they're sent in packs uh, via you know using poking sticks, symbols, fungi. Or or even the delightful sound of squig pipes. And <laughs> uh, this basic, you know, the key thing is keep them angry, point them in the right direction, let them head off, let them cause destruction. Mm. 
it is very very grot mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but what's more grot than taking something absurd like a squig and taking to the extreme by writing it <laughs> uh, in particular so listen guys hey this is why they have the fly keyword um when fed <laughs> yeah. a prepared brew of puff gut balls and hop spider fungus cave squigs blowed up with gastric gases that afford them a surprising amount of lift um <laughs> this is why squigs are so bouncy it's they have bad gas guys um, uh in addition the uncomfortable experience of bad gas which i'm sure everyone can relate to makes them especially ill-tempered and ferocious which is why it's even more surprising that the craziest grots choose to ride them into battle um <laughs> No one's sure which maniac first decided to try this, but countless grots have been devoured for their troubles ever since. But the luckiest and most deranged hang on, and by dint of suicidal determination, they become an incredibly effective cavalry unit. <laughs> um, squeak hoppers are held in awe by the majority of Moonclan grots who gather around to hear their mostly fictitious tales of daring do whenever the chance arises. <laughs> in reality, the squeak hopper usually just clings on for dear life and tries their best to steer the squeak roughly in the right direction <laughs> <laughs> oh god i i think every unit i love <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. I, this is such a good, good faction <laughs> uh but you know they said leading on from the uh, the squig hoppers obviously sometimes they you know get almost a slight upgrade really which is basically mm-hmm. the the boing grot bounders uh mm-hmm. so basically some hoppers you know do survive uh if they're not mm. either eaten by their squig or you know a bouncing accident accident for example <laughs> uh so you know these ones that do last a bit of time end up wearing moon-shaped helms uh you know so basically it's quite clever actually so basically the, the squigs don't end up eating the bad moon so if you're wearing a bad moon mm. squigs aren't going to eat you uh yeah. but also it takes it helps you take a hit to the head as well which is obviously another big <laughs> advantage so <laughs> so a key skill of a boingrot bound, uh, bounder is to basically get really good at holding on so Mm -hmm. good that you end up becoming (laughs) their equivalent of shock cavalry being thrown with so much force that they can skewer enemies with their poking lances and see the panic on their faces (laughs) up (laughs) 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 oh god it's so brilliant (laughs) just just squig knights is something i never thought i'd see but it's so they're so good it's such a brilliant oh, concept yeah yeah oh man and, um with that with our final squig unit for the day um mangler squigs uh people know about these it's two giant cave squigs chained together and then goaded roughly in the direction of the enemy um they they <laughs> sort of um here. <laughs> yeah yeah um they're sort of the the reason that the, the reason that they're shackled together so much is they alternately pull, yank, and drag each other along, which gets them angrier and angrier and angrier. The grots on top have this sort of token attempt to steer, uh, but basically they're just trying to get them to go forwards and not like to the sides or backwards or anything. But by the time they get to the enemy, there's no control to be had. You know, it's <laughs> impossible to control these things, and you know they earn the name. As soon as they hit the enemy lines, blood and torn limbs just f- go flying. Fortress gates get smashed, war engines are crushed, and even if you manage to kill the Mangler Squigs, uh, these ones are giant case squigs and in their death throes, because they're still chained together, they bounce around and cause <laughs> unknown, unknowable devastation, which is, <laughs> I think they're one of very few units in Age of Sigma that actually have the explodes rule from 4K yeah, vehicles, yeah, yeah, they t- yeah, which is yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so apt as well. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Oh, right. Let's move from the craziness of the squigs to some more uh, 
<laughs> crazy grots so we're going to the the loon smasher fanatics a a classic moon grot unit so uh like we said right at the start you know grots aren't big they're not strong uh and obviously mm. you know having the numbers can only work you know so much of the time so yeah you know moon you know moon clan grots being moon clan decide to cheat so by cheating they get volunteers in air quotes uh are found and and given fungus brews uh which mm-hmm. basically makes them you know it's, it's like the uh the equivalent of popeye having his spinach they uh mm. they uh make them stronger and gives them more stamina uh so you know that leads to them basically getting knocked out with uh various paralysis venoms which obviously come from the various uh, spiders that they, they have mm. connections with uh they're thrown into a sack they're <laughs> under the con- and then basically kept under control until the battle starts and then at mm. some point uh they're thrown into the battle basically with given mm. big huge metal balls and chains uh and basically this is either come about because either the wet the venom has worn you know worn off or actually the loon boss is actually oh wait a minute I remember we've got some Loon Smasher fanatics <laughs> hanging in the back. So as you can imagine, this turns them into these little mini hurricanes, uh, you know, with their throthing mouths and things like that. And basically one of two things happen. Uh, they either kill themselves by, I don't know, mm-hmm. hitting a tree, uh, or it, the chain ends up wrapping around their neck, or they, you know, yeah. drop the ball on their head, or they the good thing, the cliff. they fall off a cliff. <laughs> that can happen as well. Uh, the other good thing is though, they end up smashing the enemy. (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, Yeah. And they took it one step further. Um, History has forgotten the name of the first brave pioneer to suggest swapping a fanatic's iron ball for a thwack Weezer puff shroom. Uh, This is probably because whoever suggested it probably wound up bludgeoned to death in the middle of a choking cloud of spores after a couple of minutes. But the point is the idea stuck. (laughs) So... Thwack, thwack Weezer puff shroom, shrooms. Yeah, that's a name, isn't that's it? That's a word, um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're mushrooms that spout with what could be regarded as spitefulness in the most awkward possible points in the Moon Clan lairs. <laughs> they're able to reach the size of full-grown cave swig. They swiftly grow in doorways, under sleeping pallets, and in the middle of food supplies, wherever it's most inconvenient for the grots. Then, at the slightest touch, they explode, spewing these massive clouds of spores. Um, they're considered basically mostly a nuisance but they're also really good for pranks um <laughs> and when wielded in anger they're surprisingly effective uh swung in wild arcs by gangs of frothing fanatics the puff shrooms let out a constant wet <laughs> sound as they spit out spore clouds <laughs> and soon enough the fanatics and anything behind them has vanished in this cloud of spores uh and you know the grots that take in these lungfuls of sporthic air go into like a battle frenzy as the as they get high on mushroom spores. <laughs> but any enemies caught up in the cloud aren't lucky enough to have a grot's biology, and so end up choking on <laughs> just this this soup of air. <laughs> so oh good. god, it's so so good. It is. It's so it just it just neatly comes together. It's so great. Mm. Uh, right. Okay. Let's. Uh, Go to the last couple of units for the uh, for this episode, which is the the big boys of the Gloom uh, mm-hmm. Spike Gits, which is the Trogos. So we'll start with the Dankhold Trog Boss, which is obviously one of the mm-hmm. new units that we saw. So <clears throat> mm-hmm. they have a habit of living in 
what's known as dank holds, which are the the deepest and, and strangest of caverns about. Uh, very cold, very dark, as you would imagine. Uh, in mm. some cases, the caverns actually become literally alive, you know, throwing threats at each other, which is a, a novel, you know, con- <laughs> something to think about, sort of caves shouting at each other. Mm. Uh, trog bosses are the, the eldest rulers of, of these domains, basically, you know, walking around in slime and gunk and things like that. They're covered in fungi mm. and stalactites hanging off them, you know, stinking of damp. They're lovely. They're, you know, they're a speed dating dream. Um, (laughs) So they basically roam with authority and power, uh, which is, which basically leads to other Trogoths and and Mm. others, you know, like the spider fangs, like the moon clan, uh, follow them, you know, as they recognize that these are the, you know, the most powerful guys around. Um, They often, you know, sort of basically walk in and powering towers, the surface for, you know, an unknown reason, basically Mm. they sort of, you know, come up and go, right, what's going on? <laughs> uh, and, and as they come up, they're followed by uh, stegmapedes, git grabbers, bat squigs, um, <laughs> often, which are often, you know, become their pets, basically. Uh, because obviously it's that mentality of, you know, go where the power and the protection is. Yeah, and Trog mm. Boss are one of them. Uh, in battle, you know, as you can imagine, they have very powerful attacks with their huge, massive clubs, you know, smashing their enemies up with their fists. Uh, they can reject, you know, obviously troll, uh, well, Trogoth <laughs> healing powers. They can regenerate. Um, and, you know, and because they've got this sort of magpie mentality to be attracted to nice like shiny things uh mm. they end up sort of taking the trinkets of a lot of the enemies they kill which is a it's great because it inadvertently makes them more powerful because they're basically carrying all mm. these trinkets and amulets and everything and it's 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 literally buffing them without them even knowing mm. it <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah. brilliant <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so but what is a dank hold trogoth we know mm. what the trog boss is they're, they're loners. They're quite antisocial, even for Trogoths. They tend to shun most other living things because they just want to go down deeper and deeper and deeper until they find a nice, quiet, dank hold cave where they can take a nap. Once they once they settle down, they can sleep for decades, sometimes even centuries, before waking up with a sort of a snort. <laughs> um, now, the weird thing is, over time, they change their size as they sleep to fit the cave they've fallen asleep in. So, some Trogos cram themselves into tiny caverns and drift off, only to wake up half their original height and weight. But if they fall asleep in an echoing cavern, 20 years later they might wake up eight times larger than when they went to sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, at least according to Moonclan Shamans, this is because of their diet. While, like most trolls and trogos, they'll eat anything that gets into arm's reach and if it fits into their mouth, but their <laughs> favourite food is fungus that grows on deposits of realm stone. Mm. Now, even a dank old trogoth couldn't cope with digesting raw realm stone. Not that they haven't tried, obviously. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> magic saturated. <clears throat> oh, my voice. But <laughs> magic saturated mushrooms like Spark of the Pies, Blackened Shades, and Iron Tongue Moral. Mmm, delicious. Full mm-hmm. of delicious, lovely magic. Now, all the primordial magic they eat should really kill them stone dead, but it saturates their bodies, fuels their metabolic and physical changes, and actually makes them magic resistant to the point where they occasionally swallow spells that are sent at that sent their way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as they sleep, mushrooms and puffballs of all kinds take root in their flesh and their clubs and all their various accoutrements that they carry around. 
Um, you know, and they have this deep cavern stench that clings to them, and they have stalagmites growing over time over them. It really makes them reassuring for all the other underground denizens. When they emerge, it's as though they're the spirit of the deep and dank come to join the grots. Uh, Moon Clan grots in particular like to huddle close to their big mates and draw confidence from their presence while also <laughs> letting them draw all the enemy fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they're also very terrifying if you're not a grot. Um, they're, some of them can get as tall as gargants. They're sort of slow and, in- and inexorable. No matter what they do, they're going to get there and tear that fortress wall down. Uh, they sort of veer in between dim-witted curiosity and sudden terrifying violence. They <laughs> just lumber steadily forwards. Uh, if you stab them, you're liable to lose your sword as its wound closes around the sword before you draw it out. Arrows just disappear into them. Uh, even if you cut off one of their arms or legs, it doesn't really slow them down. Uh, so really, you've got to concentrate all your fire on it. But if you're doing that, you're not shooting all the grots. Um, <laughs> exactly. Which is a problem. Uh, and of course, we cannot go without mentioning Moloch the Mighty, Ooh. the greatest of the Dankhold Trogoths. Uh, so he used to live out in the Desert of Bones in Shaish until a bunch of Skaven woke him up. He killed them all, but after doing so, realized that the bits of his cave that weren't filled with dead Skaven were on fire, so it was probably time to find somewhere better to sleep. <laughs> uh, and he went deeper and deeper and deeper until he ended up in Shadespire, uh, our favorite Warhammer Underworld setting city. Yep. Uh, and really, all he wants to do is find a nice little cave in a corner of Shadespire to settle down. But enemy adventuring bands, all the other war bands for Shadespire, keep stopping him. Because they <laughs> assume he's here to steal magical artifacts from Shadespire as well. And so he is this horrifically sleep-deprived guy. He's just going, I just want to find a cave to lie down. I just want to, oh, God, Sylvaneth? <laughs> Now, really? <laughs> yeah, so it, this is why he's so incredibly violent, is every time someone comes along in a chase where he's like, I was just about to lie down. Really, really, this cave here. <laughs> Let me sleep. <laughs> Please, it's been so long. <laughs> oh, man, they're oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> they're such they a are good faction. Excellent. They really it's are. It's been such a good release, like, it yeah. kept the core of what was already there. Mm-hmm. Like, Moon Clan and Spider-Fang and Trogos already had all the flavor they have now, but now it's been amped up. They've been unified. Like, thematically, they fit well together. There's good reasons why they should be working together. And it just feels good, and they look good together as well. Like, even as it says, you get some tr- big Trogoths around. They look awesome with all the little grots around them, the big spiders every now and again. It's... Mm. Chef's kiss. Yeah, mwah. No, it, it really, and, it re- yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, the allegiance ability also. I like how random it is. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so the whole moon is just the whole concept is great. I, I think they just they they've been made with love. If if that sort of makes sense, oh, yeah. you can say that. Yeah. Of all the factions we've done, I just think that they they've been molded together so well for for what's mm. obviously an existing collection of factions. They're not a new thing, apart from obviously mm. getting a few updated and new models that they've been put across so well. And it, and again, it, it just summarizes the craziness of AOS and the mortal realms as oh, well. Yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. I, and I, I wholeheartedly say to anyone that if, even if you're not interested, I, you're not going to collect them as an army, try and read mm. this battle tome. You know, even if you don't buy mm. it, you know, see if someone, yeah, you know, has got it, borrow it. It's, yeah. you know, it's not huge, but read it. It's, you know, we've obviously covered, mm. you know, a, 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 you know, a, a decent chunk <laughs> of it, but there's still plenty more, that we oh, haven't. Yeah. Uh, it's There's worth some reading. Great stuff. 
It yeah, really is. Like, it's- um, there's a bit where an alchemist guild notices all their glass bottles keep going missing, and they find a <laughs> goblin tunnel and send people out to purge it, and one guy comes back just ranting and raving. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> the thing is, all the shaman models have little glass bottles full of mushrooms and things, but grots don't make things. They don't make glass. So, obviously, I had to steal it from someone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it's, so many no, it's, stuff. it's been a delight mm-hmm. to read and a delight to talk about it. I know, like I said, we, we've not covered, like, the spider fang units and stuff, but they're, like I said, they're just the ones from previous. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like Although, I said. Yeah. Actually, now you've mentioned it, the Arachnorok spider with no rider, no, nothing on it just by itself, has actually changed a little bit. Uh, it's an arachnorok spider native to Shaiish, and it teleports around because it can open little personal realm gates, mm, yeah. um, which is why that one's allowed to deep strike, yeah. which is awful. Great. It's terrible. So, no, they, they're, like I said, they're an absolute delight to read about. So, honestly, ch- you know, even, like I said, even if it's just boring it, check out the battle tome. We wholeheartedly oh, yeah. really enjoy it. So, mm. and then hopefully, you know, for people that, Aren't gonna aren't gonna be privy to the battle time. Hopefully, you've now gained a good yeah. bit of insight into her, where the the gloom spite <laughs> have come from and and how they uh, work. Those uh, those crazy little gits. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's been episode twenty three. We got to the end of it. Yeah. So uh, we'll just wrap up and say, uh, Cameron, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. Uh, come, come talk about anything at this point. I'm not sure there's anything particular <laughs> going on right now. It was cats yesterday, but that recording's been done. So yeah, and that's for <laughs> that's for later this month. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, just keep posting cats for the rest yeah. of the month. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you could also find me on Twitter as well at ninja badger seven. Uh, it's me talking about stuff like Keyforge and card games really mm. at the moment, but that's obviously tied in with what I said in the hobby section. Uh, and yeah. like I said, as a reminder, if you've not checked out our anniversary episode that we released a few weeks ago, go check it out. It's really fun. Mm. And like I said, look out for later this month, our interview with Robbie McNiven, which was mm-hmm. just awesome. So, uh, oh, so <laughs> it really was. He's a really good guy. And we said, we hopefully you'll enjoy that when it comes out. Um, and that's, as I said, been the end of the episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll catch you on the next show for a bit more Warhammer. Bye. <laughs> Ta-da.